Okay, so now time for part five of the uh, Coffee and Heroes end of year show for 2018. Uh, so just a quick shout out, just uh, we finished off the part four with uh, best mini series. Again, we said we would read out Roddy's answers for each. Um, for his, it was a mini series called Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, which was printed by DC Comics. It was a six issue mini series um, uh, on the classic Hanna-Barbera character. None of us have actually read it, so we can it's something, that, it's something that I was sort of interested in, in getting a look at, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's something on the radar, but we've we've not quite indulged quite yet, so we can't talk too much about it. The only um, one of the Hanna-Barbera crossovers that I was very much interested in was the Yogi Bear Deathstroke one. It was see, good. That, see, this is not that. This is... This is like their own... I think the, the, the Snagglepuss... It, it looks at um, a very sort of very serious topic. Uh, where 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 Snagglepuss is a he's a, he's an actor on on stage, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's gay, and I think it's looking at at, at how it was to be, you know, a, a gay man at that mm-hmm. at a time when the Office of uh, Anti American Activities was was very much in you know in that whole sort of proto fascist regime. So it's 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 a I think it's more of a historical type commentary using. Using Snagglepuss as the as the uh, protagonist, yeah, I think anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is from not be, not reading it. But yeah, guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even just the front cover of it is Snagglepuss, you know, wrapped up in an American flag. So, um, you know, one of those cigarette holders in his. I was gonna say hand paw, surely. Well, it looks more like a hand. It does look like a hand. It's reminded me of Black Sad a little bit, which is uh, a classic uh, European comic book where all the characters in it are actually represented by animals. Really, really class. Mouse. Animal form. Oh, fantastic. Mouse I still haven't read. I picked it up. It's it's on my <laughs> large pile to read. That'll probably be my next year classic that I should have read. That before. could be mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, you've got Secret War 3 too. we got Hellblazer Volume 1. I will finish both before the end of the year. That's promised. 2018. In the end 2018. of 2018, yeah, that's what I mean. Cool, so we're going to move on to the next uh, category, which is Best Artist. Uh, I'll start off by reading out Roddy's answer, which was Liam Sharp. Obviously, we waxed lyrical already a little bit about Green Lantern, Liam Sharp being the artist on that. He also did a six-issue miniseries, The Brave and the Bold, which uh, managed to work in the Giants' Causeway <laughs> into DC mythology, which I thought was fantastic. He also helped spearhead Wonder Woman when uh, Rebirth launched as well. Yeah. Um, for me, I've got a bit of a left field uh, one on this. It's actually a European artist um, called uh, Enrico Marini. Now, it was someone that, whose work I was never familiar with before this year. But he was hired to write a Batman tale, which was re- released in quite a unique way as well. It was released as... Mm-hmm. Two, um, it was released as two individual graphic novels, um, graphic novel one, graphic novel two, called The Dark Prince Charming. Mm. Number one had a great Batman cover, number two had a great Joker cover. I was one of those ones, like, I don't mind as a comic reader waiting a month to read a comic, or even two months if it's good, like doing the state clock. But the idea of reading graphic novel one, half a story, and then waiting six to seven months for the second one didn't really appeal to me. So I just bypassed it, waited for a collected edition to come out, which it did in uh, November. And it's hands down one of the best things I've read this year. Story-wise, very simple. It's very much a cat and mouse game between Batman and the Joker. Uh, Art style-wise, I I just showed a little bit to the boys here um, before we started recording again. 
and you know it's a painted style it's, it's beautiful it's, it's it's got a little hint you of can, Alex Ross you can tell about it. it's European though. oh absolutely Europe, but that's, European. that's kind of the joy of it you know yeah. I love different interpretations of classic characters I mean you you almost think there's only so many ways you can draw a Batman or only so many ways you can yeah. draw the Joker and in this they're done in, in a way that's just quite unique you know it looks different um, there was even one splash page where like Batman's raining down on a couple of thugs on the street and you even said it yourself normally that would just be encased in shadow but they yeah. went to the effort of the detail of the suit and you know there's this great double page spread where Batman's just atop a gargoyle perfect Batman imagery looking out over the city uh, I absolutely adored this art style as I say there's nothing else he's actually done this year but this alone was enough to put it to the top of the pile for me I did struggle with this one a little bit in terms of what to pick because I think there's been so many great artists working this year uh, but this was just the one when I read it, it just really stood out to me. Um, so I'll just I'll just throw it out there as I say that is uh, Enrico Marini, and that was for the Dark Prince Charming Best Artist of the Year. How about yourself, Keith? For me, um, there's a few in the list. John Romita Jr. is always up there, probably my favorite artist of all time. This is going to be another tease where you name like six things before you get to your actual point. I haven't decided. <laughs> uh, what we're discovering here is that Keith likes foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I can take that. Uh, so John Romita Jr. Silencer. He's done Superman. He's done Spider-Man. He's kick ass this kick year. Ass, you know, he's, yeah. he's great. Did a lot of Nightwing um, covers. I'm enjoying. John uh, he did do an original sketch for he's, coffee. Yeah, he's a big favorite of the shop. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's. Um, just to throw it in really, really quickly, but yeah, we managed to meet John Romita Jr. this year, and the man was an absolute gentleman. Couldn't have had more time for you. Couldn't have been nicer to you. He's one of Vicky's favorite artists, if you, as you heard her chatting about. When we met him, she genuinely couldn't speak to him. She was just like, bah, 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 bah. I was like, we're a big fan of your work, sir. And then she relaxed, and then just salt of the earth kind of guy, lovely guy, really can't say enough about him. Um, hopefully, we may have some news on him in the future, but. We'll wait and see. That's another thing for another time. Another thing for another time. Um, so yeah, John Romita Jr. Uh, obviously from a from a lineage of fantastic uh, artists. Uh, his father being John Romita uh, of Marvel fame. Oh, is that what his dad was called? Yeah. Did he sign his books JRSR? No, I know he didn't, but I would have been great. JRSR and JRJR. I've been enjoying John Davis Hunt's art on the Wildstorm. Yeah, very detailed. Uh, Jim Chung on Marvel 2 and 1 on Justice League uh, again great stuff uh, I just love his, his art style because uh, he came across from Marvel what was the main things he worked on Marvel uh, on Marvel he did oh uh, it was Young Avengers was mm-hmm. the first time I think I saw Jim Chung uh, but he's been on a lot of different stuff over the years It was that was mm-hmm. and Children's Crusade and different different stuff like that he's so I remember it being a bit of a, yeah. a, a big sort of scoop for DC to get him across yeah, for Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he was, I think he was finishing off Marvel 2 and 1 as he was starting Justice League. Uh, the reboot, the, you know, the renumbering. Uh, Ryan Stegman and Venom, fantastic stuff. But for me, I think Artist of the Year this year has to go to Ryan Otley uh, of uh, coming off Invincible after a 144 uh, issue run with Robert Kirkman. Uh, and then jumping straight on to Amazing Spider-Man alongside uh, Nick Spencer and it was just I was really excited to see uh, just to see Otley jumping straight off one thing 
you know, and do something completely different. Spider-Man, and I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't thought who would be a great Spider-Man artist, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I looked at Invincible and I thought, of course, Ryan Otley would be a great Spider-Man. It's it's one of those no-brainers, you know what I mean? When when Ryan Otley did Invincible, did he ever do anything else or did he he, streamline focus? He had been been on another uh, book, Haunt, that, oh uh, yes, uh, Greg uh, Polo worked on as well. Yeah, Kirkman uh, as well. Uh, Kirkman, I think, yeah. originated Barton, that as well. Uh, and there was another book, but he's he's. I mean, he's he's forty three years of age, but I I think he must have come a wee bit later to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, he doesn't have too much to his name. Uh, Amazing Spider Man, Haunt, well, Invincible. Invincible, what one hundred and forty four issues? Even if they did twelve issues a year, that's twelve years. Well, he's, yeah, uh-huh, absolutely. So, um. Yeah, uh, he's been on it since two thousand two. You know, <laughs> long run to be yeah, on it. Is. One issue, one uh, title, isn't it? He had time in two thousand six to do a Superman Batman annual. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I must find that for you. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. So for me, Ryan Otley, uh, I think he's doing a great job and amazingly did a great job. Invincible. Uh, it's a uh, not quite cartoony style. It, it's clean lines. It's colourful. It's suited. Uh, what was a a classic superhero book, or at least a superhero book that took all of the classic superhero, you know, memes and just turned them on their head, you know, yeah. you know. But that it still had that classic superhero style, you know. Um, and he re- it was obviously part of the identity of Mark Grayson and Invincible. Uh, he was the look of Invincible, and Invincible had so many different things in it, and he just turned his hand to them, uh, whether that was. Uh, Hulk like Muller twins whether that was uh, dude with an expanded brain whether that was uh, aliens of all kinds uh, you know it was you know galactic uh, empires uh, or his bedroom or the kitchen on his house on earth you know what I mean it was all it was never too much for the guy I mean, he clearly had fun doing it so he's a perfect fit for Amazing Spider-Man which should be the fun the core Spider-Man book you know, so, yeah. so yeah loving it loving it's it. interesting that he started the year finished off one of your favourite indie titles of all time and then jumped onto your favourite superhero of exactly. all time for yeah. the end of the year exactly so yeah ran only there were a couple of issues of Spider-Man that he could taken off I don't know if he was putting some political messages in the background or something mm. like that they were quite subtle ones apparently mm. but he could take it off for a couple of issues Humberto Ramos came on yeah uh, there was something about uh, uh a sponsorship tag there was a story where Spider-Man and uh, Peter Parker became split mm-hmm. uh, so and Peter was enjoying not having the responsibility of Spider-Man yeah exactly but Spider-Man had no sense of responsibility yeah, no but sense, he, the, yeah. you know that was gone you know and Spider-Man was just being a real kind of a dick uh, you know he had all the, the fun and the, the without the responsibility yeah, the power without the responsibility you know um, which as we know was just Spider-Man's core ethos um, and he was being sponsored by all these and I I think was there something about Ryan Otley having been raised as was it a Mormon or was it a he was raised as something and he put some sort of message I think in one of the patches that Spider-Man and someone took momentary offence to it or mm. yeah but you know stop it yeah, generation snowflake and all that. Well, that's not a term I like to use, but 
<laughs> because it's a horrible right wing term but I'm yeah sure. it was uh, uh, Spider-Man comic stirs controversy with reference it was in issue 4 uh-huh. it was with reference to an anti-Mormon book aye um, so just I pulled up an article here quickly um, Amazing Spider-Man 4 features the continuing story of a separated Spider-Man and Peter Parker and during this time apart Spider-Man has been enjoying the spotlight as one page in the issue points out, he's been hobnobbing with celebrities and endorsing a variety of products with logos all over his costume. The logos are all takes on real world logos, and one features the word CES letter, which is actually a real book that seeks to gain insight from the Latter day Saints Church about the Mormon faith. So it was literally that. And uh, I think Ryan Otley had said that he was, he was raised in yeah. that faith. Uh, he says, while the post is against it a bit. Yeah, he said. Um, Oddly said, I'm an ex-mo, just resigned this year, and I draw Amazing Spider-Man for Marvel. I threw in a little Easter egg in the issue that came out last week. Spidey wearing endorsement patches, and one of the patches is... Dot, dot, dot. And then it says, like, Marvel shit to make an official comment, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, they all worked it out, and this is a great thing that they did, because I wholeheartedly agree. I think that the first couple issues of Spider-Man was one of the biggest selling points of it. It was, yep. it was stunning. Yeah. Beautiful wraparound cover as well to kick it off mm-hmm. with a lot, of, a lot of the rogues gallery in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Spencer and Otley are a perfect fit for Spider-Man yeah. and one of the main reasons I, I personally enjoy it so much. you get right to read in the 144 <clears throat> issues of Invincible, you enjoy those two. Well, <laughs> you dropped me around Secret Wars tonight, so that'll be my next read, given that, given that your last one was fucking spectacular, for lack of a better term. We'll get on to that later. Your I last should point out it's the original Secret Wars, not... Yes, the, the original one that you may have heard Keith talk about in the podcast before. Just is, a time or three. As the, uh, the the title that got him in the comics, yeah. Yeah. essentially. And now we move on to Kieran's pick for Best Artist of the Year. Uh, take it away. <laughs> so mine's, um, mine's Double Edged Sword. Mine's I've never heard of him. I love him and I hate him. Right. Um, he's, it's Gary Frank. Um, his art, he's, he's working on Doomsday Clock. If, if you don't know Doomsday Clock, you clearly haven't listened to the rest Listen to the first four and a half hours but, of this um, podcast. So we're just going to skip over that. Um, but it's it it's art's great. Like there's nothing wrong with his art at all. Like it is. There's no lazy perfect. lines. Yeah. There's no like filler art or. It's as if if a robot could draw, that's what it would look like. <laughs> like that doesn't that's sound how, good to me. <laughs> doesn't sound good. It's not, yeah. No, no. But like if a robot could draw, as in it's perfect. It's like, that it's precise. So, like particular. If a certain. robot could draw with passion. Yes, that's it. If a robot the, could draw a comic way in the ham, that's that is yeah. That's a well, that's that's. It also fights robots that are made by Nazis. Uh, there you go. That's neat. That's Skynet wouldn't become self-aware. Right? <laughs> it just draws pictures of people. <laughs> Caricatures of famous people. It's like 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 cartoon drawings that you get like at a beach. <laughs> yeah, I mean Gary Frank. The reason Doomsday Clock being so special is fifty percent Jim. John script and fifty percent the art. Mm. Yeah, Gary Frank's that's, art. That's the thing where he's so particular about the art. It's it's holding the book coming up. It's you can that, almost feel the love emanating from every single frame. Yeah, it's it, it's it's holding it's holding back the issues coming out every month. So it was moved to bi monthly title. Aye, but the art is worth it. I great, think. great with art. Shit with deadlines. That's <laughs> yeah, that is it. Like, and he it, should have he that. Should, he should never have agreed to something. <laughs> But it is, it's it's fantastic art. And every time you see Gary Frank, Frank's art, you know it's Gary Frank working yeah. on it. 
Well, I mean, Gary Frank as well is obviously with Doomsday Clock. I mean, I think of Gary Frank as the artist on Batman Earth One. Yeah. Also written by Jeff Johns. Apparently, the script is written for Volume Three, but Jeff Johns is like, Gary, when you get around to it, <laughs> <laughs> just get there at some point. Sure. You know, like this month, uh, a really great first issue came out, Shazam Number yeah. One, also written by Jeff Johns. It's going to but it's still Eagleship. Yeah. And reading it. Well, it's still Eagleship on art, and it's great as well. But Gary Frank even did a variant for it. Yeah. And I just feel like you know, pull like the whip and go. Whoosh. Get back to them, say Oh, it's yeah. like George R. R. Martin not finishing the the, Put right the, the, the the Song of Fire and Ice series, but he's got time to write a fucking prequel that I noticed the Easton's the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was going to mention there, like he's done a he's done a cover for Shazam, but if you're not gonna if you're not gonna finish the book that you're signed up to for the last year and so much, don't do like, don't do. A, do you maybe think that the variant? Shazam variant cover came out of him drawing issue eight of Doomsday Clock? He was drawing Black Adam. I could have. And he just went, yeah. here's a profile of Black. I could change that to Shazam, you know. Yeah. Shh. See his colours all hoods. Oh, I'm sure if he could have done that, it would have been quicker. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not known for his speed. Every character is just Dr. Manhattan with clothes. <laughs> but no, it, it, he is. He's, 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 such, he's such a good artist. So what you're saying is, Gary, slow but sure, Frank. <laughs> well, frankly <clears throat> he's slow but he's good <laughs> he's slow but I don't give a damn uh, yeah I mean Doomsday Clock is and God, we've, we've talked enough about it yeah. already but just to throw it in very quickly Doomsday Clock is one of those titles that I paid just as much attention to every single minute detail of the art as I do for the dialogue yeah. you're, you're searching panels for clues you're looking at you know faces in the background you're looking at settings you're looking at all sorts of stuff and you know it's a testament to Gary Frank that I nearly did choose him as well yeah but no, there's, there's a ton, ton of artists over the, over the last year that have been great but Gary Frank stood out for the whole year yeah <clears throat> so Gary Frank takes it then for Karen's pick for best artist of the year which leads us directly on to best writer of the year uh, again, I think Kieran and I are probably going to agree on this. Um, you know, it's so good to have you back. Yeah, it's uh, good. <laughs> it's good to be back. Uh, I'll just throw it out there straight away. Tom King yeah. for me. Um, I said it earlier in an earlier podcast that I think he's DC's top writer. I just think he's the best writer in the game. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, any man who can start the year with finishing off Mister Miracle while pumping out the consistency of Batman and then end the year with Heroes in Crisis. He's head and shoulders above the rest for me. Um, you know, I do love Jeff Johns as well. Doomsday Clock obviously is a big thing. Yeah. Shazam issue one was great, but Tom King. You know, I this year as well. I read the Vision for the first time, mm-hmm. and um, reading the Vision, all I can do reading it is think, how did Marvel let this guy go? Mm. The Vision is amazing, absolutely amazing, and Mister Miracle's the clear spiritual successor to it. Um, but his work is interesting. It's evocative. It's it looks at real world issues as well. Um, you know, current world affairs, things like that. But injects the fantastical and the fun to it as well. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about Batman, obviously, on this podcast. I go back to like the issue with him and Dick Gray. Uh, uh Batman Fifty Five, I think it was. Yeah. Him and Dick Grayson just flying through the air, and Dick's like, you know, place you a bet. He'll you know shoot their grappling gun first. You know, he brings the fun to it. He understands Dick Grayson's character as well as the darkness of Batman. He understands long-form storytelling. 
Um, I can't say enough good about Tom King. Mm. It's just for me, writer of the year. Yeah, it's that that this that issue of Batman Batman Fifty Five that was that was close to my favorite single issue of the year. Um, and the thing was, for eighty percent of it, it was light and fun. Yeah, until it's just the last. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I think uh, that's why it was light and fun. Yeah, you, oh yeah, the juxtaposition yeah. is amazing. We didn't know where he was going, but, but he, he is. is. He's, he's, <laughs> he is such a good writer. Like he's not. He's, I've said this before. He's not a great action writer, mm. but he's a great character writer. Yeah, he understands every character perfectly. I think it's, he he can differentiate between characters. I don't know. I yeah. I think we've talked about it in the podcast before, but I'm only getting used to Brad Michael Bendis's writing, and I've been loving action comics and. I will go back and read some of his, his Marvel stuff. But I don't know if you said this before, Keith, and you can totally correct me if I'm wrong on this. Talking heads. Talking heads. The, there's not really much of a differentiation between yeah. characters. Yeah. They're essentially plot devices to keep it moving. That is yeah. an accusation that has been leveled at Bendis. Again, I can't confirm or deny that because yeah. I haven't read enough of the stuff. Yeah. But with Tom King, Nightwing has an individual voice. Yeah. Bruce Wayne has an individual voice. Harley has an individual voice. Yeah. Superman has an individual voice in Heroes Crisis. Mr. Miracle has an individual voice. Um, and that's a great skill. That really is a great skill. And it's probably something that Keith would probably say that the likes of the Avengers titles, Jason Aaron is great at. Differentiate characters. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I think I, I think I wonder how Tom King would do on a team book. Uh, Heroes in Crisis almost is one, though. I don't know that it is. Heroes in Crisis in three issues alone he's had dialogue slash important story points from Batman Superman Wonder Woman Harley Quinn Booster Gold Wally West um, Roy Harper I mean there's seven straight away and Heroes in Crisis always feels like a light book to me in terms of maybe with adverts and stuff yeah yeah but we go. We we talked about it before, as I say again on a previous podcast. But you look at the issue where you had the Batman nine panel interview, you had the Wonder Woman nine panel interview in Sanctuary, you had the Clark, Clark nine panel, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were so different. Yeah, yeah. They were. it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It, 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 Tom King sometimes feels like it's multiple people writing each character. Mm. Like one person will write Batman, one person will write Superman, and yeah. they sort of interact that way through the writing. But it is. He's he's such a good writer. Yeah, I'd or, even argue Batman is to a degree a team book. You look at the amount he writes Bane, he writes yeah. Gordon, he writes Alfred, Penguin was for mm. three issue yeah, arc there. Yeah, yeah. Booster Gold. Fair point. You know, I like it would have been easy for Tom Keane's big long run that he's doing to focus on one villain, two villains, three villains. You yeah. must have about ten or twelve in there, don't you? Easily, yeah. And his Joker's very different to his Riddler. And every character is consistent all the way through from issue one straight through jokes and riddles straight through the night every character you know is going to interact a certain way with every yeah. character and I think you have read Batman 60 then the last part of the Penguin story no I'm he's still I think we mentioned that earlier in the podcast but yeah, he said he's oh playing. that last page that <laughs> last, last page I mean, I'm looking forward to, to in I mean I've enjoyed all of that Batman run yeah. it's, it's great That's I want you to that. text me the second you get yep. to that last video yep. <laughs> and uh, I mean to be fair I'm sort of I'm lollygagging a wee bit with my pull list this week because I'm thinking it'd be something nice to take home over Christmas to yeah, yeah. so yeah absolutely uh, oh, so, yes. but I uh, I wanted to fire it and you you were going to pick Tom King so I had a backup and it's it's Kirkman 
Kirkman, like we've spoke about every Kirkman title under the sun through this entire podcast, mm-hmm. just this one specific episode. And he is a great, great writer, and he is able to pump out such quality week after week. And he is able to continue his love and respect for yeah, the industry. Yeah, it's even yeah. just through Walking Dead and Living Song, you know you're going to get into a great story with one issue. I love what he's doing, and I love uh, that he continues to be a voice in all of his own letter pages. Yeah, it's him and his editor. Yeah, he always responds. You know, he always, yeah. you know, and it, yeah. you know, and he's cheeky and he's quirky, and I mean, he was the he was the youngest of the image writers. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever he came on, he was a kid. Yeah, you know, to image. The um, question is though, when are we getting aliens? Where are we getting aliens in the walking dead? Yeah, that's the last issue. Okay, <laughs> aliens Kirk, come down. Uh, and go, Kirkman are our experiment yeah. to turn half of the uh, human population into zombies worked on us. Yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely Kirkman. Through uh, his work, he did uh, Astonishing Ant-Man, he did uh, Marvel Team-Up, uh, he did for Marvel, he started The Walking Dead, and that's why I was so interested in The Walking Marvel Dead. Marvel Zombies? He did Marvel Zombies, yeah, yeah the original Marvel is. Zombies. Uh, but Marvel Team-Up and The Astonishing Ant-Man were great books, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely fantastic. Marvel Team-Up especially was great, in fact he uh, crossed, he was already writing Invincible at that stage, and he crossed Invincible into uh, Marvel Team-Up. It was a crossover, uh, if I recall, and the astonishing Wolfman. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Invincible, Invincible. Walking Dead, Die, Die, Die. Oblivion Song. Oblivion Song. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just through going to Wikipedia here, um, just because I wanted to look up to see if he had done anything for DC, I don't think he has. No. But it's like net worth 30 million. Yeah. And yet he's still like. How yeah, can I mess with the comic book audience? Right, boom, surprise just, title. He, he loves what he does. Boom, I've got 12 issues written of this. Here's issue one. Here's yeah. the trade. Uh-huh. I mean, it's um, it's very impressive. And again, it all, as you say, comes from that love. Mm-hmm. But I mean, put it this way, right? I've just looked up. He's 40. He started writing The Walking Dead when he's 25. I'm sure. You age, Keith? Thanks. Thanks for noting that, Keith. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to let him know. Just yeah. in case you forgot. No, not at all. Not at all. Myself and Kirkman are, are both uh, well-adjusted individuals. You just said like a 40-year-old group chat? I group, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like Raleigh in the writer's group chat. You're in Self-help a 40-year-old group chat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The fact I don't that know he, he, was, was he was 25 <laughs> and he went in with the confidence to go, I've got this zombie book, but don't worry, there's aliens in it. You know, yeah. that yeah. cheekiness to go like, green light this, and then five issues in, where are the aliens, Robert? Oh, oh, I was only joking you, but yeah. this one on top selling image okay. because he's like, it's just it is. He just pops a quality. Yeah, and he, he, does. Does. he knows he does. what he, he knows what he can do, and he does it well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a there's a self assuredness about the stuff that he's done over yeah. the past year. You know, with releasing Day 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 and Oblivion Song and whatnot. It's just, yeah. I think I think Kirkman has the potential to, uh, to reimagine the industry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean with what he's doing with timelines and advertising and marketing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's one of the he's one of the chairman of Image. He is now, yeah. And he's the only one that is a chairman that wasn't an original founder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the success of Walking Dead mm-hmm. and again his love and reverence for the industry. Mm-hmm. So I think Kirkman's a great choice. It's, it, it's the reason Walking Dead's been one of my favorite comics since since I've been reading the Walking of course Dead. It is, yeah. That's the thing. It would have been easy for him to take a break halfway through and go, okay, you write the next ten issues. Yeah. Here's the outline. I got a big little TV it. show. Here you go. Because he did, he, he did that with the title. I, I don't know if either of you guys have read it, but he launched a title called Thief of Thieves. Thief of Thieves, yeah. Mm-hmm. And great title. It's clearly based on Ocean's Eleven. It's like the world's greatest thief. He's clearly based on George Clooney, but 
him being a thief, he had to leave behind his wife and son and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But about 15 or 16 issues into it, he passed writing duties over to Andy Diggle. Uh-huh. Again, a very accomplished Good writer. Did the Losers. Well, uh, um, R.O. Year One. Yep, R.O. Year One with yeah, Laser for a bit. Worked with Jock quite a few times and then he just launched a new one this week called Hardcore. Um, so he did do that. But with Walking Dead, you can almost feel like it's almost a possessiveness of look. This is my baby. No this one is else is getting yeah, this. I, I mean, if, I think if Kirkman was gone from Walking Dead, there'd be no more. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. I mean, he, he's you know he, he he claims that he knows exactly where it's going. Yeah, you know what I mean. He knows he yeah. knows how many issues he's got left. It, some people want to say, like, oh, okay, but I actually believe him. Whenever yeah, he says oh, something. Like, you know he's got a. Per- I think he's got two endings in mind. One for the TV show, one for the. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think he'd probably learn from uh, he'd learn from. Uh, George R. R. Martin's mistakes with regard to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that the TV series will be finished long before the books will. But let's uh, put it on record right now. What's going to end first? The TV show? The TV show. I call it. TV, TV show. show. Easily. Yeah. We're unanimous in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just thought it'd be interesting to put that on uh, record. Mm. Well, I don't know. It's going to end. Right? <laughs> no, I'm not going to end. See, the thing <laughs> is, if, if I thought Kirkman cared about nice, neat numbers... I would assume Walking Dead was going to 200 and it was done. Yeah. But the fact he ended Invincible and 144 still annoys me. Just get to 150. That's, but 144 is a neat number in a way. Fault. It's 348 issue compendiums. That, that's yeah. my fault. All the books that I love ends in really weird numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Fables that bring yeah, I just like I, I think, as you say, Kieran, he has engendered trust in the yeah. readers. And so whenever whenever the Kirkman name now is something, people go, you work away, man. We, we you do what you want to do. Yeah. We're going to buy it. And all of the yeah, stuff's yeah. different enough as yeah. well. Like Oblivion yeah. song's very different to Walking Dead, which is very different to Die, 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 which is very different. Even Outcast, another one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yep. it's a bit of an under-the-radar one, but a new issue of It came out this week. I think it was 37. Demon sort of, isn't it? Hmm? It's, it's essentially the Exorcist in comic book yeah. form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's still... The, so, no, the comics go on... The show has been cancelled. Right. Whenever I hear... Uh, uh, our cast being cancelled I get confused no the, the TV show the comic's still going but uh, TV show is uh, kaput um, so yeah so that's best writer that's me that's Kieran on the case you've done Tom King you've done Robert Kirkman so I'm not going to touch those we've done them comprehensively uh, it could have gone I've just got seven more to tell you could have yeah. gone, so gone it could have been here uh, but it's not to Chip, it been with Chip it's Zanarski it's so uh, Donny Cates could have gone Donny Cates oh it could have been uh, Scott Snyder but I'm going to go for Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron. Uh, In fairness, you have been banging the drum for him since we started this podcast. Yep, absolutely. I think Jason Aaron is, is the top writer of the year for me. Uh, this guy has now pulled out, as I said earlier on, a hundred, hundred odd issues of Thor uh, yeah. from his God Butcher storyline through the original Stun storyline where, where, you know, Thor lost his, lost his right to be a god due to what Nick Fury whispered in his ear um, through the Jane uh, Foster storyline to now on towards the you know Odin's son's now Thor again but he has no right to Mjolnir and Mjolnir has yeah. been destroyed uh, Thor fantastic uh, he uh, is, is the writer of Avengers current Avengers run is great that's uh, it's what Avengers should be uh, it's, it's fantastic stuff um he's so good that Donny Cates is drawn on what he did in Thor and what he did 
in what he's doing in Avengers and what he's done with Avengers 10,000 BC uh, and pulling it into Venom as part of Venom's mythology which is incredible uh, and it's very tight it's very tightly linked yeah. the God Butcher storyline and the current Null uh, the symbiote God storyline are very closely linked and whenever whenever I saw the link forming I was like oh this he's is, not gonna this is, he's not gonna he's, forget he's, it. He's, he's, he has <laughs> he's done that thing <laughs> I think I posted on our chat this is awesome stuff you know it's great and really good stuff uh, I'm really looking forward to Conan the Barbarian and Savage Sword of Conan next year I think there's going to be great books uh, he again he engages in a way that's standard he engages writers readers you know through the letters page and uh you know, I just imagine Jason Aaron just to be a living Viking. Uh, <laughs> now at this stage, you know, he don't look yeah. like one. He looks Twitter yeah. profile. He's uh, so yeah. So for me, uh, I'm Southern Bastards. Well, that was going to be the one negative I was going to throw to Jason Aaron. It's not even yeah. negative. It's because he's so in demand at Marvel and obviously has so many series planned. Southern Bastards has suffered Fallen from a, a bit. Yeah, it's suffered from a shipping schedule to rival John Wick. That's mm-hmm. how bad it's been. Mm-hmm. Southern Bastards is, in is the John last Mike, year. Is has, John Mike as bad as Sabrina though? Uh, well, in fairness with Sabrina, they released it monthly until issue 8 and they just stopped. Yeah. But nine's due out in January. But oh, Southern Bastards, bad. like Brandon will tell you, he's he's on uh, Southern Bastards and I, I'm on it myself. But I would say this year there's been two new issues in 12 months. Yeah. Um, And it's a phenomenal title. I mean, it's... Have you read any of Southern Bastards? No. I know I know Keith has, but you've have you read all the trades? Yes, of trades? I have, yeah. yeah. But like see the way, I'm not gonna spoil it just in case you do decide to pick it up, but see the way that first trade ends. It's not the story you think it's, it's like you think this story is this. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Story's actually this. You think it's Grand Torino when it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's walking tall, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um and but it makes total sense in terms of the story and then where it goes from there is equally yeah. as good. But it's just not the title you expected. Right. So it's a slight negative. It's um, on and, and it, it's a slight negative in a way. But you're saying it needs to be two Jason. It's because he's in so <laughs> so much demand. It's like Donny Cates. I wish he'd write more stuff like God Country. Yeah. But he's so in demand to write yeah. Guardians and Venom and you know mm-hmm. whatever else the web of Venom one shots and stuff. I mean, and I guess the, and a lot of those are are guest creator owned Southern bastards and. Uh, sex criminals and those are all sort of created yeah. and those creators now who were independent yeah. have now gone and now find themselves on the biggest books Not in big the world like, yeah. and they're going actually uh, as a comic writer it's always been my dream to write Avengers or so to write can wait because I'm yeah. what I want to write yeah. yeah 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 and it's yeah so no I think that's a fair enough point it, it is a weird thing to say to someone this is a negative because he's so in demand yeah but I just love Southern Bastards. I'd love to it's, see more. It's of it. as if, like, say, like Sheriff Babylon was a continu- like an ongoing. Tom King gets Batman and he drops Southern Bastards. Best part is, or Tom King has said he has Sheriff of Babylon too in the pipeline. Okay. <clears throat> and, and it's Mitch. Dr- known now. And it's Mitch Dredd who draws it, who drew this yeah. miracle. So I think now that they finish Mr. Miracle, right, I have a feeling the new year we're going to see Sheriff Babylon too. Yeah. But well, it's, it's as if that was an ongoing. And as soon as he got yeah. Batman, he went. I can wait. No, he finishes like, twelve issues. No, he finishes twelve issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think th- I think Sheriff of Babylon. I mean, just to throw it in quickly as an aside, I think it is a story close to Tom King's heart because of his time in yeah. the CIA, uh-huh. and this was stuff based on his experience. 
Yeah. You know, he doesn't really have much experience of, you know, getting in the back suit and Rift jumping around the rooftops. But uh, <laughs> that you know, yeah, <laughs> that we know of. Yeah, you got. I mean, we've never seen him and Batman in the same room at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But uh, Sheriff Babylon, I get the feeling was pretty close to his heart, so that yeah. was probably why. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, best writer again. It goes back to what we were saying about this being a pretty golden era for comics. I mean, best writer. We could have listed anyone from Tom King to. Jeff Johns to Jason Aaron to Donny Cates to Scott Schneider to Grant Morrison to you know you could go on and on and on and I think that's a great thing that we struggled to now I, I mean, that's down. why I really enjoyed the fact that I had so much trouble choosing yeah. my favourite indie title yeah. my favourite DC oh, so, you know yeah. even throwing the artists who are becoming writers now your Scotty Young's your yeah. Sean Murphy's yeah. Yeah. you know the talent pool is wide and very James Tanny in the fourth Justice mm-hmm. League and Dark. I like to I mean I, I sort of I think we all like to think that we don't read crap so yeah, you know. Well, I read it. <laughs> no, it's Sean Hell, Murphy specifically. Hellblazer's not that bad. Easy uh, Tiger. Come on, now, yeah, I read the first volume. No, <laughs> Sean Murphy specifically has been a been writer that I've been following a bit more closely this mm-hmm. year than mm-hmm. ever yeah. before because of White Knight. But and I've been I've been thinking a wee bit more about Alan's. Don't follow a book. Follow a writer. Yeah, yeah. Follow talent. So oh, I absolutely. still like characters. I like yeah. specific characters. I like characters. <laughs> but there's nothing worse than when you follow a specific character and you see them written badly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, um, I mean, I if I saw a new Tom Keane Tyler Nance, I'm reading that. Yeah. If I see a new Scotch Sander Tyler, I'm reading that. If I, Jason Aaron writing a new indie title, I'm all over that. It was but like coming off that, uh, the last Batman annual, Batman yeah. annual 3. Oh, I'm suddenly realising that the guy who was writing it, Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor is... Right, friendly neighborhood right, Spider-Man. Friendly Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, Batman Annual Three. Yeah. Once you get to that, it's almost as good as Batman Annual Two. Is it? It really this is. This one follows Alfred closely. Doesn't this it? one, it's a, it's an Alfred story. Yeah. Oh my god, man! It will hit you. Right in the next It'll hit days. you right in the field. I've got it in my bag. I'll read it the next few days. Yeah. We'll read Batman Annual first, just so we can talk. Oh about yeah, the joke. yeah. Well, I'll read the stuff <laughs> in a bag. And don't obviously. Cool. So, uh, yeah, best writer. We could probably talk all night. We're already hitting two a.m. So oh my god. Let's. On to uh, the next one's a bit of a weird category in a way, but I just wanted to throw it in because Keith got me to read. Well, not that he got me to read somebody, he was very generously <laughs> held a gun. Nice one. He very generously <laughs> lent me his copy of something recently. He said, "Look, you need to read this. It's awesome." We've been talking about that those sorts of trains for, yeah. for months. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, anytime Keith's here, or Karen's here, or you know any of the guys from the shop are here, become good friends. I say to him, look at the trades. If there's anything you fancy taking, take it with you. Um, so this one was, the idea of it was that it was a classic. So something that's been around for 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever amount of years. But it's a gap in your reading. Yeah. So something you've never picked up before, but you've heard so much about. So to give you an example, there's a regular in the store, Stephen. Stephen Milkwars, you know him as. His gap this year was watching it just never read Watchmen. Yeah. Loved the movie, never read the graphic, he read it. Um, I'll go last on this one because I really do want to talk about it quite a bit. So I'll go last. So I'll throw Kieran's way first. My, my way first? I've got two. So do you want me to go last? <laughs> no, I've, I've got two. Um, one, well, both of them have got me big into specific character. Massively. One of them's Death Superman. Yeah. Oh. Never read it. Brilliant. Always wanted to read it. Read uh, American Alien, man. Okay, Superman's picked me interest. Read that Superman, fell in love with Superman. Why did you read Superman American Alien? Uh, some some person kept telling me to read. 
But yeah, yeah. So I read that. I read American Alien Man. Okay, Superman's picked my interest. Always heard about Death Superman. One of the other big stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, a cap here and Death Superman. Man. Okay, I'll read it. Read read it in one sitting. Fucking fell in love with it. Fell in love with the character specifically. I just kept going from there with um with obviously with Ben. This is run that I keep talking about. So you read <laughs> Death of Superman. Yes. Uh, did you read uh, Funeral for a Friend? Yes. Um, Reign of the Superman. I read Reign of the Superman. I, I I know Reign of the Superman well from other right. stuff. I've read like breakdowns and stuff. Well, I can I can I can break it down for you. Oh, um, but I've I've I know Reign of Superman. There's one there's, from, that, there's one moment in that Death Superman that really stuck with me, and that is whenever Doomsday slams Booster Gold's head in the car door. Yes. <laughs> yeah. like, I've never forgotten that. Yeah. And I read it the first time round. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I read that, and that's got me in the Superman. Pretty happily, but the next big one is Saga Something, Alan Bergeron. Oh wow! Never, never read it. I wasn't, I wasn't in the, the Something until this year. Um, but I read that. I read, I read the uh, Snyder run because Snyder, um, went on the Alan Moore. So I always, I love Alan Moore. Like I would stand behind Alan Moore with any book. I think we're told he's hard to love. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't love. He doesn't love me back. <laughs> But so I, I picked up Saga Swamp Thing. It, it's amazing, and it's got me into Swamp Thing so happily. Like I've always loved Hellblazer, and I knew that that's where it spun from. I've just dropped my phone, and um, I knew that's where it spun from, but never read it. And then I got into it, and it's it is such a good read. Where I would suggest Saga Swamp Thing to anyone. I would loan that off you. Yeah, I'll fire you the first volume whenever I see it. I see you now, but I can't get it. Um, but I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I would tell anybody to read it because just it close such, your eyes for the rest of the podcast. It's such a good, it's such a good read where it could sit with anyone. It, it's got, it's got a wee bit for. Well, you have met Hellblazer. Yeah, like the uh, like Hellblazer was brought in volume thirty-five, maybe of Saga Swamp Thing. That's where Constantine first came in, and he's dipped in and out as a as a recurring character, and then got his own spin two years later. Yeah, cool. Really. Both uh, Death Superman and Saga Swamp Thing have sat with me this year and they've definitely impacted me. That's cool. So that's um, two answers for answers. one question. Look at Roddy is here. <laughs> I got his. Oh, God. Uh, Roddy actually left this one blank, so I don't think he See? quite had an there answer just yet. How about yourself, Keith? Classic, there was a gap in your collection that um, you read this year. So there, there's one that I've read completely and there's one that I've. I started to read, so the one that I started to read on your recommendation, I think, I believe it's your favourite story of all time, is Why the Last Man. Preacher before. Nice. Um, obviously, uh, written by local local writer Gardenis. Uh, is invested by a spirit that gives him the power of the word of God, by which anyone will, uh, will obey his literal commands in a literal fashion. Yeah. Uh, and Jesse, alongside his uh, his ex girlfriend, Tulip, and his uh, <clears throat> Irish uh, vampire buddy Cassidy, go on an extended uh, classic American road trip in order to uh, track down a god who has left heaven, and tell him to catch himself on. There's no way to talk about this without sounding yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> but it's pure insanity. It's just so. And that's weird. before you get into the conspiracy uh, yeah. of the individuals who uh, have the uh, blood of Christ. In the form of a of a <laughs> genetically cloned idiot child stuff. of Christ, uh, great stuff. 
Yeah, that's Aerostar keeps an eye on. Yeah, I mean, and Garth Ennis is clearly Garth Ennis never has had any problem in airing his views on religion and his no. views on politics, which he does fantastically well. Uh, in Preacher, uh, there are some shocking moments. Uh, there are some hilarious moments. Characters are, are fantastic. You grow to love them despite their uh, foibles. Uh, Preacher, a, Preacher is just a great, a great book. Uh, you can get it now in how many trades is it over so Preacher there is either 10 sort of thin trades which are um, I think 6 issues each or you can get 6 deluxe trades which are the 60 issues but also you get the spin off issues yeah there are a few um, yeah. there were yeah there was one on the Saint Killers uh, I think there was one there Star there was one on Arseface uh, Preacher is phenomenal is. Preacher is I mean it, it's interesting you bring it up I was chatting to a customer today about it a guy came in and said I'm a big Garth Ennis fan what do you recommend and I was like have you read Preacher no I was like well you're not a Garth Ennis fan <laughs> <laughs> come on well I didn't actually say it out loud but I felt like saying it yeah. I was like you haven't read Preacher no worries it's a seminal work and then yeah. I showed him it and he was like yep done yeah uh, Preacher's fantastic. I mean, the TV show I think's been off great. It's show. been great. Yeah, I thought the first season was a little bit slow. But and I'll tell you why. I thought I thought the first season was a weird one because I was expecting Preacher, and what I got was the prequel to Preacher. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, yeah. we were fortunate enough, Vicky and I, to meet Glenn Fabry at um, back when Belfast had a Comic Con in the uh, the Econ Center in Lisburn, and he said, "Look, I'll be honest with you. The first season it's a bit slow." I was like, all right, why is that? Because Preacher, you know, by its nature, is so fast-paced. And he said, well, Americans wouldn't accept, like, he said it in quite a derogatory tone. He was like, Americans wouldn't quite accept that Jesse would just get this bar, jump straight in the road and go. They had to show him, try to be a better man, try to live up to his father's wishes of taking over his parish and all this kind of yeah. stuff. So he said, look, it's essentially the prequel, but stick with it, it gets better. And... I think it was episode 11 of 12. Episode 11 in the first season was yeah. where they spoke to God, but it turned out to be a guy. <laughs> it's fucking That's filming. Yeah. God's missing. We don't know where he is. <laughs> uh, fantastic. And then it becomes a road thing. And then season two was phenomenal. New well, I mean, that sets the... That, that sets the... the, the so do you need 11 episodes to set it up? No, you don't. You definitely you really don't. don't. You definitely don't. Like, uh, but like to give you an I idea... I still enjoyed the first season. But first issue season one of Preacher good. ends with the church exploding. Mm-hmm. issue one yeah and you do so that expanded issue one to 12 episodes and you, you got to wait the whole season yeah. for that yeah and don't get me wrong it was good but it was just a little slow and they had to find then they had to find a reason for, for <coughs> Tulip to be in the area and they had to find her you know well Cassidy fell out of the plane see Tulip bugs me a little bit in the TV show mm-hmm. because so nowhere near Tulip in the comics well, it's, is, not, it's not that she's nowhere near, but she's not... The, the problem is, is, right, so in the original graphic, she looks like a Britney Spears, trailer trash kind of girl. Yeah. And the reason that works compared to the TV show where she looks exactly. so capable is because, like, when Tulip first explodes with that level of violence to defend herself, it's shocking. Yeah. But when you're introduced to Tulip in the TV show, it, she's going through the cornfield in the car... And she manages to kill two guys, then speak to a couple of kids. Hey, kids, who wants to learn how to make some fireworks? And she's capable from the yeah. start. Yeah. Whereas in the graphic, it was like, 
oh Jesse I love you I just want to be with yeah. you and then you realise holy shit she's not to be messed with yeah, yeah she's not what I expected you know so I, I think that was a bit of a weird change well, I'm not, I don't think it was weird I don't, I'm just not sure an audience anymore will accept you know, a female character a damsel in distress, is that yeah, damsel in distressy, which yeah. is absolutely, I'm absolutely fine with it. Yeah, you know. So the other part that bugged me a little bit in Preacher, just take a slight tangent here, was in the Preacher comic series. I love that Cassidy doesn't sleep with Tulip until quite late on. Yeah, and it's like the ultimate betrayal this guy can do to his best friend. Yep. And it kills him, but mm-hmm. he does it. In the TV show, Chulip and Cassidy sleep together in a really awkward-looking scene in the back of a car, before they both know that they both know Jesse, and then they're like, "Shit, we can't tell him about this." So it's it's a different kind of problem, but you can't blame Cassidy in yeah. that instance because he didn't know that Chulip was. I think that was. I good. really want to say Jesse's girl. Yeah. It seems like it was <laughs> That's good. It does. It seems like it was deliberate. It, uh, I know, but it just, it just. But it's also. I think it's it, it reflects the difference in storytelling between yeah, the yeah. two media. The and it's just exactly what Glenn Fabry was saying to you is that. So these things have to be. You know, they had to set up that conflict early on because you need a love story in a TV. You don't necessarily need that yeah, story. Yeah, I, I I would agree you know with that. You can yeah. wait. You, we can. Comic books are a, are a longer form story than. Than, than TV shows. TV shows have to do a certain thing in say forty five minutes, and then make sure they leave it in a way where the audience is like, "Shit, we're gonna watch exactly, the next one." Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yes, so. yes, they leave comic books as in we want to read the next one, but time isn't an issue. Yeah. To to use the term issue, uh, <laughs> time isn't an issue when you're reading comic books because you read it at your own rate. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're it's yeah it's a different thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. In fairness, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to, obviously, you, you fill that gap in your reading this year with Preacher. It's just one of those series that, I haven't watched season three yet, but I much prefer the comic yeah. to the yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, the comic is better. I as, love Tommy Cooper in the role, yeah. and I think Cassidy is perfectly cast, mm-hmm. but I prefer the comic. Yep. Yeah. It, um, no, the comic is better. As someone has, wa- has watched them week to week since day yeah. one, the comic is sleeps and bounds. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so that just leaves it back to myself. And um, the classic that I read this year that was a gap in my collection very much came from Keith's passion talking about a recommendation on our previews board, which was Marvel's Annotated. So Marvel's is a story co-written by Kurt Busiek. Busiek? Or Busiek? Busiek. I'm going to go Busiek. And Alex Ross and illustrated beautifully as always by Alex Ross. So Marvel's, for lack of a better term, you could almost call it an encyclopedia of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. You know, told in comic book form. It starts out with this uh, young idealistic journalist who um, is covering stories in the 30s in uh, America and suddenly a guy who's on fire appears across the sky. Uh, a guy who breathes underwater is fighting him in the sky and he's documenting all of this. The classic Silver Age Submariner versus the original Human Torch. That's it, Namor versus Human Torch. I mean, the, I mean, I should have said, there was a little prelude where Human Torch is showed in like a freak show in circuses and all the rest and people are afraid. Yeah. So he, uh, the creator actually buries him 
Mm-hmm. And then eventually oxygen seeps in enough that he's able to. Phineas, the, Professor Phineas Horton, yeah. the, the man who created the, the original, the original Unman, mm-hmm. uh, who he was an android, and then uh, what happened was whenever they exposed him to air, the cells that made up his skin caught fire, and then yeah. it was considered to be a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they buried him in. The only human torch Marvel underwrites to for a while in the mar- in the cinematic universe. Yeah, and at that time, at that. Well, it wasn't Marvel, it was Atlas. Atlas. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. Uh, but even yeah. like, there's there's such poetry to the opening few pages with this. When he gets buried, he's like, Father, why have I failed you? What did mm-hmm. I do? Why did I deserve yeah. this? Why am I under here? You know, I did everything you asked, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so um, Marvel starts from there, and then it goes through the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s of Marvel history. And it's all reported on through the eyes of this uh, newspaper reporter. And I don't know if... Did, did you go back and look at it after I said to you? They never explicitly say a young Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah. So you can tell by the haircut. He's got that military short haircut. Yeah. He's got the beginnings of a moustache. He's, he's got he, the toilet brush here. Yeah, and you're just like, that's clearly J. Jonah Jameson. But yeah. they don't say his name. Until but the way he's talking and the way, the way he looks, it's clear. Yeah. It's clear as Jameson. You know? Big time. So, the reporter who is at the heart of the story, he Phil. is... Is his name Phil? Phil, yeah. Yeah. He is completely in awe. He calls them the marbles. He's just like, you know, look, a man can he's fly. Them. A man can fly. A man's on fire. And eventually they draft these guys in to help fight the war effort yeah. in uh, World War Two. The invaders. And then they start worrying that one of them has turned and, you know, based on how they're being reported and that kind of and stuff. It's interesting is one of the original invaders was Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the android who had been unburied. Yeah. Uh, alongside Captain America and the boys, mm-hmm. the destroyer. And, yeah, you know. Well, basically, yeah, it, it just follows him throughout Marvel history. It shows, like, the first time the Fantastic Four showed up, it shows, in my personal favourite, like, couple of pages of the whole book, shows Galactus come down. I was just, like, I was reading that, those pages. I was in all, I felt like I was there. Yeah, I was just, yeah, like, yeah. looking up at this sky, like, you know, you're just, like, Galactus is there, like, looming over. You see the Silver Surfer there. You see the Fantastic Four. But it's an interesting look at how the general human public would look at seeing these marvels. They're like, yeah. oh, Captain America will take care of these Obviously, guys. We don't need yeah. to worry. Yeah. And then suddenly he's fallen. You're like, Shh, what are we going to do now? You know, that sort of thing. There's one scene where Spider-Man just swings over his head. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what would that be like? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, I think the whole reason you had even brought it up is I'd said, like, how awesome would it be to see, like, you're watching Daredevil on Netflix. Yeah. And all you see in the background is a guy swing past in the background. You're like, well, actually, <laughs> let me tell you about a book called Marvels. Yeah. Marvels was phenomenal. It was, uh, like, I, I said this to Keith the next day. I got chatting to him, giving his copy back. And I just said, that's like the watchman of the Marvel yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. It is phenomenal. That's, that's all I've kept hearing about Marvels. It's one of those things that's always been on my radar, but I never got around the reading. So for 2019, um, the gap... That's, oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can't recommend it high enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would it not make a fantastic film? See, this... I'd prefer a TV show. Yeah, maybe, yeah. A 12-episode mm-hmm. TV show where they spend all of the budget on those big mm-hmm. effect shots. Because so much of the story is human. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the best elements of the whole story is that 
this reporter is always chasing the story to the point that he loses his first love. Yeah. And then something happens where he reevaluates his whole life and it's like, shit, I can't live live without this yeah. woman. And then he, he gets ends back. up he ends up losing an eye and uh, isn't that it? He gets injured. Yes. It's the yeah. spitting that he's Nick Fury. That's right. <laughs> Why were you not around at this time? <laughs> but yeah, he he has this event happen to him where he's like, I can't lose this girl. I, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. I need her in my life. You know, and I'm not going to go into spoilers how it all ends yeah. and stuff, but it ends on a very sort of familiar, family orientated note. And but for those of us who know, it's not quite as. Not quite as simple as that. As simple you know? as that, yeah. You, know, uh, you never hang up your spurs and all the rest, yeah. but. The, um, and as I say, sorry, can go ahead. These new uh, annotated versions have worked out what format? We don't know. Still but they're know. massive. They yeah. are massive. So I came across in, in the store the other day some director's cuts of certain titles. And the way the director's cuts were was they were normal comic size. The first half of them was the script, notes, yeah. um, some preview pages, rough sketch pages. Second half, it was uh, the Sandman Overture. Those mm. were the ones that came across. So the first half was all the director's cut stuff, yeah. and then the second half was the full issue. I think it's going to be like that. I'd say you're probably right. But See, if it was like that, I would think I would just pick it up as it was coming out like that, yeah. or just pick up the fucking graphic and just go for it. It needs a big edition. Has there ever been a big one? I've only ever seen it in trade paperback. Like a big coffee table size? Exactly, like a, like a treasure DC's edition. version of... Yeah, treasure. I was going to say like a Marvel version of the DC Absolute mm-hmm. stuff. But because this artwork is absolutely... like You just so look at it and you're just like... Yeah. You just Can look at it and go, I hate people who can draw. Yeah. Mm. And I even hate more people who can draw that well. Yeah. I, I, I can't convey enough to that page where Galactus first appears. That's great. It's just jaw dropping, mm-hmm. yeah. and you feel like you're reading them. You feel like you're watching them, so, and you're getting it from the point of Phil. So it's down it's here from the ground. It's just it. like you know, and you, you see him. The, the the perspective is such that the the tall buildings are curving inwards towards yeah. Galactus, and Galactus is further up than that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I I yeah. can't recommend it high yeah, enough. No. It is absolutely fantastic. It's it's in the top three Marvel books I've ever read. Like it is that good, um, and I, I first of all I say thank you to Keith for bringing it because I think you'd only brought it along that night because we were talking about the annotated one, and then you talked about it and I think it was when you said a young J. Jonah James I was like, God, let me see that book. <laughs> I, I like, brought it along with the intention of like, giving it to you. Yeah, uh, so I, yeah, I read it cover to cover one sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just I need to know how to say three prestige. It was four. Four, four prestige, and there was yeah. a zero issue. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the zero issue was all about like the Human Torch yeah, yeah. and his creator and all the rest. Um, and then there was four prestige editions. I think it was the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it's interesting. We talk about this annotated edition that's coming out. The copy that Keith lent me, each issue was preceded by a um, essay by a different person. Okay. So one essay was by Stanley. One issue was by, uh, one essay was by, I'm trying to think who the four were, actually off the top of my head. I think there was a, there might have been a Dan Slaughter or Mark Wade in there. There was an Alex Ross in there. But there was like this two to three page essay mm-hmm. yeah, talking about it. But like Stan Lee, his stuff was, it was kind of heartbreaking to read because obviously, you know, with yeah. him unfortunately passing this year. But he basically said like, I thought there was nothing original you could do with the Marvel Universe. 
holy crap I was wrong yeah, this yeah. this this will stand up there with he didn't say the bible he said something like that but he's yeah. like this was I think it was like this will stand up there with Hamlet this is that articulate yeah. and that yeah. phenomenon yeah. and stuff. yeah can't recommend it highly enough I mean nice I, one I don't know how you follow all of that gushing praise. <laughs> I've been way too pro Marvel on this podcast. That's how I to be honest. Wait, see you. I'm in the wrong. That's universe. why I had to choose Image. <laughs> I'm in the wrong universe. Oh God! And look at what I'm going to talk about next. The next, uh, the next category is biggest disappointment. Here we go. Here we go. Did we do? Yeah, we did. We're, we're, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, we're biggest disappointment now. Um, who wants to lead us off? I will. That's last. Okay. My overall is Batman Dam, or as we were saying, Black Label. Uh, Batman Dam issue one. Sorry, issue two not as much uh-huh. because I don't know if it was a better issue or my expectations were lowered. Mm. But so to give some context to this, so Batman Dam number one sold as an adult oriented title in DC universe. Yeah. The Joker is dead. The ba- Batman doesn't know what who did it. Constantine's going to help him. Constantine, one of Kieran's favorite characters. Can't, uh, can't, can't be bad at that. Lieber Mayo on art. Phenomenal artist. Bran Azrael writing. Brilliant writer. So the morning of release, this came out on a Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, Kieran was working at 10. We yeah. normally only open at 10. But he messaged me and said, Anyway, I can come down and get that wee issue before I uh, come to work. So I came down early. Yeah. He came down. He paid an extra... Paid, um, paid taxi down, which was about a tenner. <laughs> taxi fare there at £10. Got a coffee. Got picked up Batman down. Taxi fare to work. He must have added at least £20 on yeah. top of... It was about 15 quid. It was about 15 quid to get to work. Tenner to work. A tenner into town. £15 to work. On top Six of a pound. prestige format issue. Fuck. Which he looked at and went, why is this bigger than a comic book? <laughs> <laughs> which we all did. This isn't a comic. And... Uh, that sets the stage. This year looks like a book. So I don't I, read books. <laughs> Hopefully that conveys the amount of excitement I was, this I man was had. I was ecstatic for this for months. I was so excited for this book for months and months. It was just counting down the days for this book to come out. And I sat down and read it and went, the fuck would I, did I just read? It was, it was disappointing. It wasn't what I expected. I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting what I read. I I was expecting like a like a like a horror based Batman title, maybe sort of seances with ba- uh, Batman the horror based Batman title seances maybe trying to work out. Well, like we Joker saw some and, preview art and thought this yeah, going to be Satana slash yeah. yeah. It's, it, it seemed like it was going to have Satana. It was going to have Deadman, Constantine. Perfect. It was. It seemed like it was setting the tone for a horror based title, and. Sat down and read it and thought, "That's not at all what I expected." I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm sort of skipping around the whole back battlewang stuff because everybody's but, heard that. But I think you should skip around that because like, everybody's as disappointed heard. as nobody gets shit. As disappointed now. as, do you know the main reason for me? Batman Dam is disappointing. I don't know. I've just got a mental image of the two you skipping around Batman's penis. <laughs> Lance, <laughs> thank you. Good night. Um, <laughs> The main reason for me, and, and again, we talked about this in an earlier podcast, the reason that it was disappointing for me was because Batman Dam number one came out in the same day that Batman 55 yeah. came out. 
And Batman 55 was absolutely fucking brilliant. The Pentagon really storytelling. And Batman was. Dam was like, this looks pretty. And it's really nice. But it's and it's shit. different. But I don't even know what's really going on. No. Yeah. You know, um, it, well, even after issue two, at this point, it's still issue not two, 100%. certain elements are falling into place. Different representations have popped up. Yeah, but it's three I issues, still would, it's, yeah, three it's just three issues. issues. So it seems like it was made to just drop as one big book. Yeah, I agree. I kind of wish this. I mean, obviously, I mentioned Enrico Marini's Dark Prince Charming. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish they'd done the same thing with this. Yeah, dropped it as a trade. There you go. Original graphic novel. Yeah. Boom, we've launched Black Label. Instead yeah. of, for some reason, dropping it as three massive stupid-sized issues. Expecting well, people well, to this is it. I mean, just from a, a comic store perspective, we were lucky. I mean, as, as anyone who comes into the store knows, we recently bought a massive yeah. comic lot. And within that, there was a lot of magazine-sized books, which were bagged and boarded. So we were lucky. We had the bags and boards for it. Yeah. But I know comic stores over in England that straight away wrote, what the hell what is this do? size of a comic? What do we do? Because, yeah. you know, I'm going to be slightly catty here, but Forbidden Planet don't care about bagging and boards. They just put it in the shelf and let it, you know, warp and whatever. But a lot of comic stores, independent ones, care obviously about the customer, care about the collector. I want to make sure that they have the right, you know, materials to protect it. And there was no inclination that DC were doing this. It wasn't in the previous book. It wasn't yeah. in any advanced solicitation. We had waited a conversation. I had, I had thought it was going to be a like a prestige. It was going to be yeah. a slightly yeah. thicker comic. It was going to be Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was going to be square bound. Like it was going to be... Gone back the previews to see if they have them. It was going to be... Yeah. It was going to be the like Cursed Comics Cavalcade. Yeah. I think like it's like square. It was going to be like... Square It was going to be square bound. 64 pages. Job done. Rebirth. Perfect example. Um, but it wasn't. it wasn't and when it arrived I just looked at it and went oh it's okay I have bags and boards but even, yeah but even looking back on that there was there was the previews where it was so many issues in the comics leading up to the release I remember you, you specific, specifically hadn't read them but I had read the previews for it because I was looking forward to it so much it was printed on normal size pages yeah. it looked normal as it was printed there so why did the Suddenly extend Suddenly that format go, to magazines. Oh no, it'd be good if we did this in a square book. I, I mean, this will lead on. I mean, so I'll I'll just throw in my biggest disappointment here because it's it's so tightly related to this. My biggest disappointment is DC Black Label in general. I just don't think DC knew know what to do with this label. Yeah. So what was it? Maybe March, April, May at the latest. DC announced this initiative. We're launching Black Label. It's essentially Elseworlds in all but name. It's it's Dark Elseworlds. We're going to do Batman Dan, Bran Azzarello, Lieber Mayo. We're going to do Superman Year One, Frank Miller, John Romita Jr. We're going to do a new Wonder Woman title, Kelly Sue DeConnick writing. We're going to do a new Batman title, uh, Schneider and Capullo. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. They, lo- they must have announced maybe six to seven titles. Yeah. That was in sort of April, May. We're now in December. We've had two issues of Batman Dan. Oh, had one book cancelled. And, uh, and Batman White Knight, which is already released. Really so Black Batman White Knight got added. added. So, so yeah, as an aside to that, with the Black Label, they've added White Knight. I understand the addition of White Knight, but even then, I remember at the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sean Murphy said there were certain things that he left out of the single issues that he was going to put in the trade. And then he was suddenly told not to put it in the trade. Yeah. 
Well, famously, there was a there was a, a Harley Joker, like a Harley Joker, Harley Joker, Joker which was all covered in balloons. Yeah, but that was going to be uncensored mm-hmm. in the trade, and then suddenly it went the black label, and it wasn't. Then uh, Dan launches, as we've alluded to, issue one. You had Bruce Wayne's cock hanging out. Again, it didn't bother me. I just looked at it, and went, yeah, whatever. Turned the page, yeah. but it was big news. And then, as a result, issue two has been edited, and issue three looks like it'll be edited. None of those other titles have launched. Uh, there was another graphic. title announced then late for See, the, the Black Label. It was the his, Secret History of the other DC. History of the DC yeah. Other History of the DC Universe. And so it cancelled then. What this says to me, as just we were talking about earlier on, is that I feel like there have been plans made um, and then maybe there's been a change of guard or a change of yeah. influence yeah. Uh, or, or a wee bit of... Uh, a comic equivalent of studio interference. Yeah, that is that is going on across DC that I don't think is healthy for. It's for, not healthy for, at all. No. I mean, uh, I have to think. I think we chatted about this earlier, but I have to think that when Azarello and Bermeo pitched Batman Band, they had the whole story outlined. Yeah. It's only three issues. Mm-hmm. They had the whole story outlined. Whoever was in charge at the time, as you say, whether there's been a change in, you know, leadership, but whoever was in charge at the time went, no problem, done. Yeah. And, I mean, even I, I put this in our group chat, like, a couple of days ago. Like, Lee Bermeo put a post up on Instagram saying, wondering where the second print of uh, Batman Dan number one is. So are we. Let DC know. And then it was like, hashtag, can't believe we're censored, or something like that. So whenever you get your creators reeling against the company, that's, that is not that's good. That's a red flag all day long. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, I mean we, 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 we mentioned that earlier on. It's not something I know it's... You know, it's just something that, you know, with the, the Nightwing story and with a variety of other wee things, that yeah. it just, there's there's something creeping in there that's it, not it, healthy. It goes back to what was said about how DC started the year really strongly and they're kind of ending it, it, it on a whimper. Yeah. Outside of the Tom King stuff. Yeah, but that's it, even the Tom King stuff, it's, they, they, there's well, something wrong with DC and planning. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Heroes in Crisis was originally seven issues. Seven issues. And it was then it jumped to nine. Now yeah. we've got two Flash and two Batman crossover tie-ins. It, it, it just seems so it's jumped from a seven-issue series to 13 issues. Yeah. It's almost doubled in size. So mm-hmm. They gave him that bad doomsday clock being pushed. And to Tom, Tom King is not writing those two Batman issues? No. No. Well, in fairness, it's Joshua Williamson who I had full faith in. Yeah. Because oh, he wrote agreed. the button with yeah. Tom King. Yeah. yeah. So I have the yeah. feeling that Tom King will have given him an outline and he writes but it whatever. It, it's a case where it seems like DC's planning these things before they have it actually done. Yeah. And they're going, oh shit. Yeah, we're doing uh, this, 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 mm-hmm. and this. People get excited for it and then go, oh shit, we really need to do it. And I, I mean, yeah. I'm, sort of, I'm enjoying the Nightwing run. The, you know, the post headshot yeah. run. Despite myself. I mean, I really, I really hate that he's calling himself Rick. <laughs> Rick that, that's really doing me head in. You know, I just know he's, he's getting there. I, I don't know if it's what they intended or, mm. but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think in spite of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Just as we break. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's, that, that's for me anyway, the biggest disappointment. I, I hate, obviously, anyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm a DC guy. So I hate ragging on DC, but you got to call a spade a spade. The Black Label so far has been a, fuck up. a massive disappointment. It's been a fuck-up. It's been... There's no direction to it. No. There's... I mean... Do you know what I it seems to me? They've relaunched Vertigo where this is what they should have done. It's focused on one thing 
Mm. Relaunch the Vertigo Black Label. Relaunch one. And then focus on the next one. After that's done. It seems like they've relaunched so much since one, the one time. They're starting to spin plates and they don't know where they're going. Yeah. And they're yeah. starting to panic. Too much going on. And you. it's frustrating many because... Fingers in, one many, in, in too many pies. Six months ago, DC was in such a position of strength. Yeah. You know, Metal had just ended. White Knight had just ended. We had all these stories lined up. And then someone dropped the ball somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it again goes back to what was said earlier. Towards the end of the year, Marvel are getting their act together. DC are struggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's why I think six months from now, Marvel goes ahead again. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. But I don't know. I Just mean, give maybe. Just Hellblazer series, please. I mean, as long as DC announce a Hellblazer series, Karen will be back on their side. It's fine. It's the first time in 30 years Hellblazer has not an ongoing series. Yeah. It's all because of Tim Seeding. <laughs> <laughs> but then you realize. And uh, then I realized he wrote one of the best of my issues. <laughs> Cool. So that's mine and Kieran's sort of combined disappointment of the year, which was Black Label slash uh, Dan. How about yourself, Keith? My disappointment of the year, um, I guess, a couple of honourable mentions. As is the, <laughs> as is the norm at this point. <laughs> uh, I was a bit disappointed in uh, Action Comics 1000, which you're currently wearing in your chest there, Alan. You uh, d- yeah, I... See, to be honest, when it comes to Action Comics 1000, I wasn't disappointed by it. I enjoyed it. But the one thing I thought I would love about it, I was disappointed in. Oh, yeah? And that was the Scott Snyder story. Okay. It was more of a Luther story. Yeah. And I didn't know what was yeah. in there. I think, I think I was expecting a different thing mm-hmm. from it, so it's the fault of my expectations, but I was expecting a story, and what I got was a compilation book. Yeah. Um, well, we know your thoughts on anthologies. Yeah, we've, we've <laughs> talked about anthologies before. So what you're saying is you're skipping uh, Detective 1000 this year? What's that? You're skipping Detective 1000? I'm off Detective at the minute. Uh, Detective was another one of my disappointments Uh, it was such a good book uh, whenever it was the Batman the Bat Family the Bat Family and it it switched and I'm just not interested to me now just seems like the sub the sub Batman book so I'm not I'm I'm off it Um, I'm going to annoy you when I say this Mm. one of my other disappointments was Dark Knight's Metal yeah Uh, the reason being that uh I think I got a little caught up in the excitement of it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it didn't make any sense. Um, especially the parts that Grant Morrison was involved in. Uh, I loved the art, but the story didn't have a. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of things in there that maybe it's my lack of knowledge, and I'm not a mm. neophyte when it comes to the DC universe, like just yeah. because I'm a Marvel fan. I mean, uh, you know, uh, and and the internet is a thing. <clears throat> it is a thing. Uh, but Dark Knight Metals ended up being a wee bit of a disappointment to me. Yeah. Um, but for me, the the, the my, my big disappointment came like a blow to a blow to the head about two weeks ago. Uh, whenever Harley Quinn smashed uh, Wally West over the back of the head with her hammer, and uh, he was in crisis today. I don't know if that's true or not. I know, but. <laughs> At the minute, I'm disappointed about it, and the okay. more I think about it, the more it annoys me, because it means Harley Quinn has to now you have the title of the fastest hammer woman alive. with a hammer, fastest in hammer the world. Barry um, Allen, yeah. the talker in Coffee and Heroes, has nothing on Harley Quinn. Yeah, so it's, it's, so I just didn't like it. I don't. I, I feel like it's like it's. Uh, I don't know. Hardy Quinn's being incredibly overpowered here. 
I, I, uh, you know, I, I know, and I know Wally was 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 cradling the body of uh, of Arsenal at the time as teammate and friend, but I just all he needed was to see a, a, a shadow in the corner of his eye, and he was gone. He was, yeah. uh, he was ten I mean, miles away. Feeling it. Yeah, it, but yeah, exactly. It's just it's, see, it's, it's just, and she's not, she's not I a super to, strong individual. I have to jump in at this point, though. I just, that's again, I think it's just Hardy Quinn being overpowered because I have to yeah. jump in at this point because this has echoes to me of Captain America as a Hydra agent. You're judging a disappointed decision halfway three through. Issue, it's not halfway through. Well, three yeah. issues three into what we have now established is a thirteen issue narrative. People were disappointed with Steve Rogers' Captain America because it was like Cap said, Hail Hydra, and they were throwing, not that you'd ever go this far, but they were throwing death threats his way, Nick Spencer's oh, But I loved that. But you're I only three it. issues in the Heroes in Crisis. It was that it, moment. It's, it's not Heroes but, in Crisis, it's the disappointment, but, it's that moment. But if we get the issue nine and they go, that happened, Hardy killed Wally West, you can go, mm-hmm. fuck off, that is nonsense. You've but read this, issue three. Especially issue three. Which is all about perception yeah. and about how they run simulations in Sanctuary. I don't think they're going to reveal how a killer of Sanctuary of the all these characters three issues in. What if this the room. whole thing just turns out to be a simulation? And nothing happens. Don't say that, please. Don't. I hate that. It's, it's, <laughs> it was all just a dream. It's the equivalent of it was all a dream. <laughs> so I understand your disappointment at <laughs> that moment, but what I would say is, a it goes back to what we said about having faith in creators. Yep. I don't think Tom King would do something that silly. Yeah. I just don't. I think he will throw it in there for a little bit of shock value. Of, mm. Fuck, I can't believe that just happened. But I don't see that happening. And the first two issues, he wrote <clears throat> Marley so well that I don't think he's suddenly going, oh, no, she can outrun the Flash and crush his head with a man. Yeah, and I guess I guess part of it is, be- is probably because of the fact that my expectations have been raised so yeah. high. That, regarding that, that's regarding that's Wally West... <clears throat> Particularly since DC Rebirth, yeah, Wally West it seems is the key to Rebirth. Well, that's yeah. it. Why go through all that? That's right. Bring back in. Yeah. To just kill him. Don't, yeah, no, don't so kill that's, him. I will agree with that all day long. Yeah, and so Wally West now apparently being dead. And that's why it's all simulation. Yeah. Dead. So so yeah. So that that so I I it's going to be hard now. Unless it's all just a dream. Why is Wally dead? If Wally's yeah. dead, then what was the point of Rebirth? And the whole that awesome scene that was key to rebirth were Barry remembers yeah, exactly, you know what I mean? So don't play He's with just like fading away. You know, stop like, playing games with my heart. What if this <laughs> was that a Backstreet Boys reference? <laughs> Holy moly. From Keith Miller. What if in this the flesh? Steven's in, gonna be very proud. What if this I'm leads, very proud. leads into the next big DC reboot? There is a little bit of an interest in that theory because of Obviously, the word crisis being used. Yeah. But at the can... same time, Tom Keane has said, issue 65 to 70 of Batman is this. Issue 70 to 90 is this. But that's interesting. Unless... Look, I see the way they've, they've extended the run of... But you're talking... Years in crisis. But you're talking three years for Tom Keane to finish that, even as a Fortnite title. Is it? Okay. Yeah. You're talking he's in issue 61. Yeah. He's 39 to go. Two a month. 20, well, year and a half. Year and yeah. Half. Well, so yeah. what if they end up going, you know, push a wee bit, and then yeah, last issue, loads of time travel happen with Booster Gold because Tom <laughs> King said that he's wanting to write something with Booster Gold because time travel, and it's just reboots the whole universe again because if <laughs> Batman's coming to zero, Batman's gonna have to get a restart at some stage when yeah. Tom King bounces off. 
So what if it just happens across the whole board and everything goes back, back to one in the next year and a half? You know what? Based on just the Batman, I don't give the Tom Taylor review. Anyway, we'll move a lot away from all this negativity. Yes. For biggest disappointment. I'm going to... The, I mean, this is going to be a very open category. It's not just going to be one thing, but we move on to most looking forward to in 2019. Just spitball it, boys. Yeah. Uh, what are we looking forward to? So, uh, I gotta say one word just to kick it off. Do it. End game. Damn it. Yes. Simple as. And yeah. now we come to the end game. Doctor Strange, you spoilerific bastard. <laughs> um, end game. I'll just say it very quickly. Trailer was perfect. Trailer did showed enough new footage without showing too much. Reminded us of the story mm-hmm. that happened before. Gave us the date. Gave us the title. Boom. Don't release another trailer. I just, yeah, I'm just going to say that Marvel Cinematic, you do not need to release another trailer no. for this because this is a, this you is have a, done your job. This is a $2 billion movie. Yeah. No matter what. Yep. Yeah. All this needs is a couple of TV spots of just a big A on the screen. And even then, the TV game spot game. should just be recycled footage from the trailer. Yeah. yeah, and Connor, actually, before he left, we were talking earlier on, and he said that, and I think he's absolutely right, it would have, people would have just lost their shit if the trailer had just been that scene with Doctor Strange going Sick. and now we're in the end game yeah. and just Avengers end game bum, bum, even, just that little, <laughs> even just that little bit of him going like I see one I see 16 million different yeah, possibilities yeah. It was. Yeah. I don't even think they needed that I think just that so just to give context to the title yeah I mean I'm, I know obviously my hatred for Iron Man is well documented but I love that scene of him in the ship I love the idea of hopelessness again it's, it goes back to what you say Keith of we love to see our heroes suffer. Yeah. I love this idea of hopelessness. Why do we fall, Bruce? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Chills. Chills. Um, oh, love it. Um, but no, I love the idea of Tony's at his last end and the, his main ideas. I need to tell Pepper how I feel. Mm-hmm. It's not, guys, save the earth. It's not, you know, Steve, I'm sorry we drifted apart. It's Pepper, I love you. Here's why. I'm sorry, I'm not back. And I love that because it shows the human side of yeah. Tony. So I love that new footage, I have to say. I, I love the end of the trailer with the idea of Ant-Man being the MVP of this movie. Yeah. Can you remember me? I love that. Remember? Guys, that in New York? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? It's like, is this live? You know, <laughs> this is this the thing. Through the classic Marvel's, Marvel Universe, it was always Hank Pym, the Ant-Man was always a big integral part of it. Mm-hmm. And now it's core Avengers member. Yeah, exactly. He mm-hmm. was the reason for Age of Ultron and all this. But now it's Scott Lang, who's an Ant Man, fixing it all. Yeah, and I think I think as we said earlier on, I think how Scott got himself out of the quantum realm. Yeah, will be interesting. It's gonna be yeah. key yeah. to this. The X-Men. Yeah. I love the idea of it just being Louise, just going back and like going like Scott, have you got my van? I lent you my van I'm winning my van. Oh, there's my van. I, you know, you know what I mean. You can see that yeah. just being it. But uh, I think Endgame. It's it's high on not just comic book fans. It's it's high on movie lovers yeah. Yeah. for next year. Yeah, simple it's a as big deal. Like that's it. Time. So yeah, no, totally, totally so agree with you. So yes. that is my first so one. Yes, Infinity War was the end of ten years of movies, but Endgame. This is launching the next ten years. Yeah. The end of the ten years. Yeah, of I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just oh, just seeing. I can't win. It's just, just the idea of it just gives you like it's and can't I, wait for that and movie. I think the trick of it is that we don't know 
where it's going because yeah. this this is as Kevin Feige has said this is the end of the Marvel Universe as we know it yeah so what comes after the Marvel Universe as we have come to know it over 10 years you know it's that's class that's class you know can't but, wait uh, I'm really looking forward to it and again it's the same as the Kirkman thing they have engendered confidence in their yeah. fans that, that you're just willing to sort of let go and go you do what you want to take me I trust what you're doing yeah you know what I mean comic side of things for me end game's up there for me like that's uh, what we'll do is we'll throw out you say one thing you say one thing I say one thing we'll keep going until we run out of stuff so go ahead Keith you're next Uh, Chips at Arsky and Daredevil yeah (laughs) (laughs) Alan's got it written in his book Daredevil and Guide to Spidey Alright. That he announced okay. that little um, yeah, Guide to Spider Man through the different decades. You know you have your Guide to Spider Man here. Oh well, yeah. this is true. Chip, sorry we don't need you. Can you cancel that title, please? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm or if you enough. want me on board, I'm good to go. <laughs> but yeah, Chip's at Arsky in general. I mean, we've been waiting for the big titles that Arsky's going to write since he signed that exclusive contract. We all thought it was going to be Fantastic Four yeah. after Marvel 2 and 1. It's all went a little bit quiet. Boom. Yeah. There's two babies. Yeah. 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 And he's, I mean, he's great on, he was great and spectacular. Um, the end of, uh, the end of, the, yeah. the the run on, the, the last run on, on Daredevil was just beautiful and I think a lot of, see when you sit, you're not going to read Daredevil, are you? Uh, not at this stage, I'm going to read the restart. Okay. So, spoilers first of all for Daredevil. And I read the last issue. You did? So, that's right, I give you the last few pages. Yeah. So when you said the last four pages were really brave, did you mean the four black pages? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Followed by the rip off of Dark Knight Returns of the Heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I, but I think I don't think a lot of. Yeah. I it was those. No, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. The whole like the last issue and you know wondering what was real, what was imagined. Yeah. Um, but the the real thing about that, about that issue at the end, and it was that that it wasn't even just the issue; it was that arc yeah was yeah. all all took place in the hospital bed yeah mm. but it was those you know in and in a world where we're paying too much for comic books and we're complaining about adverts yeah they put in four black pages yeah and then and a lot of a lot of reviews aren't picking this up that that last blip was a heartbeat yeah you know what i mean that was a that wasn't a flat line that was a heartbeat yeah it goes up it's yeah up exactly line. it was you know that tachyogram that shows that you know, life. he was dead, but he is. There's proof of life. Yeah, you know. But what I mean? in comic books, no one really dies. Yeah, so that was I mean, that was beautiful. And actually, it was interesting because now it's quite poignant because every issue of Marvel Comics this month has got you know four well, black pages. pages. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, it so. seems it, it seems strange that they've yeah, done so. that with Daredevil. Which they probably had before. Well, they had. Yeah, yeah, they hadn't realized that yeah. that was a that was a thing. Uh, so. So that's uh, well, I um I, I I picked up I haven't read any of this Daredevil run but I picked up that last issue just because it was the death of Daredevil because mm. I I know that I want to jump on again when it goes back yeah, to yeah. so it's like right okay I'll read the last the last issue sort of just to see what's going on and I'm um, missing I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the 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 five issue the four issue miniseries the Man of Fear I'm gonna yeah. skip that and I'm just gonna go straight on to. I don't know. I, I I'll I'll see what the reviews and what other people's reactions are to that four issues, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I know it's obviously behind New York is without Daredevil, but 
It could be. It could be good. It could be. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be solid, I think. So that was Endgame and Zadarsky's Daredevil. What about yourself, Karen? I just see where Doomsday Clock's going. Right? It feels like I've been reading it for so long that it's been one of those things I've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for. Yeah. I just can't wait to see how it ends. So we're in issues in now. Yeah, we're getting close, but I know how we're saying it could just be a case where it's flop straight on its face. Yeah. And I'll be yeah, we've got Rorschach in them. DC Universe now. So we've got four issues left. <coughs> yeah. That, that's gonna be that's gonna be eight months away, so it's gonna be yeah. closer to the end of this year than the start of this year. Yeah, when I asked Jared this question of what he's most looking forward to in twenty nineteen he said the Doomsday Clock trade. <laughs> I'm not sure if that to see if it's a yellow <laughs> yellow and black cover like the original. Obviously and then I can't you have, have to buy it. You'd have to think the original trade you it's it's bound to be a cover, eh? It's bound to be the crowd, because the main Watchman cover A is the close up of the button, which yeah, then obviously, yeah. so you would think that, but it might actually be the Superman Doctor Manhattan cover. If they had sense, it'd be the Rorschach lenticular. Oh, great cover! That's good. Great cover. In fairness, uh, yeah, good shout, Doomsday. Yeah, Clock. Doomsday Clock. I, which should be already be done by now. I mean, when I wrote it down, I wrote Doomsday Clock finale question mark if it is <laughs> what, um, what if they just go yeah we're not ending it by that time uh, Coffee and Heroes will have taken over all of Smithfield Market maybe uh, our third news if though. projections are correct yeah um, cool so uh, I'll throw another one then so White Knight 2 awesome you know, yeah. based on Azrael this one yeah Azrael I mean I'm wondering Azrael is Jason Todd I was literally about to oh. say I wonder if oh. I wonder if they'll change the mythology slightly yeah because you know why that would make sense? Why would it make sense? So another thing I'm looking forward to next year is Detective 1000. Yeah. And they're bringing in the Arkham Knight. The Arkham Knight, yeah. Now, in the game Arkham Knight, it's Jason, Jason Todd, Todd is the Arkham Knight. You've played that, have you not? Have you not played that? Really? You're not likely to. <laughs> no, I'm You've played Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I, I got through uh, to, to, to the, the, the PlayStation game. Uh, I got through Arkham Asylum... And Arkham City, I'm just a wee bit bored. Knight's great. Knight is very, very good. The, the battle bit sections get a little bit dull. Right, right. They get a little repetitive. But I'm actually, I'm actually only playing off the fact that I'm in any way disappointed with it. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about it is, see Price. the whole, see the whole way through the story of Arkham Knight, you're like, it's Jason Todd, it's Jason Todd, it's Jason Todd. Yeah. Please don't be Jason Todd. Please don't be Jason Todd. Oh shit! I'm Jason Todd. Todd. And you're like, fuck it. No, it, it made no sense as a Batman fan. It made it worse because they kept saying. This is a brand new character. We haven't had this character yeah. anything ever before. Oh, it's Jason Todd, Red Hood, up and then around. But what they're doing with Detective One Thousand is they're introducing the character of the Arkham Knight in the continuity. Is it Jason Todd? What I'm hoping is it's that? not because Jason Todd is Azrael in White Knight Two, which could be around the same time. Though White Knight Two is not. I know it's not connected, so but uh, I just think it'd be. I just think it'd be a bit repetitive to go. Jason Todd is White Knight Two. Yeah. But this is not related to. The Arkham Knight, which is Jason Todd, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Plus this. this is the thing, right? Theory time. Theory. Sit down, Bob kids. Tom King's run is going to Bane. Bane breaks Batman's back again. I don't think he will. shows up. No, I don't think he's not. Way. I don't think he is. No, no, but Azrael yeah. Az- Az- shows up. Spitballing. Azrael showed up. Is this in White Knight 2? Through, no. <laughs> after Azrael Az- Az- showed up. Yeah. After Bane broke the bat. Yes. Azrael's showing up in White Knight Nightquest. when Bane is showing up in main continuity. Well, so Arkham Knight could just be Azrael. 
But Azrael's been a massive part to pick of... Up uh, as... Azrael's been a massive part of Detective Comics. No, but that's saying Arkham Knight could be in the place and of Azrael. Arkham Knight could be in the place of Azrael instead of uh, the way Azrael was in Arkham in Nightfall. Azrael, so they've got the the but they've got him a main continuity because he's been in Detective Comics and he's been in Justice League Odyssey. Good point. So, Azrael is a total separate thing. I mean, even just the way you can see from the original Sean Murphy artwork he's released, he's got like the flaming sword. Yeah. And it's a new interpretation. And again, it's its own side thing, you know. But I just hope that Arkham Knight is not Jason Todd in the comics. Because I Detective Gemini Robot suit. Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. <laughs> That door. Yes. Yes. I thought the writer had left the room. Boom. Roddy, I've got your back, brother. I like that. So that was two things I threw out there then. White Knight 2 and then Detective 1000. One thing I'm looking forward to 2018 is the uh, World DC Universe Online or whatever the hell it's called is where it's going. It's uh, it's Europe and the UK. Yeah. To see if they will bring I think we have a lot more to worry about in terms of Europe and the UK wow. DC Universe Online to be fair fuck Brexit no but DC Universe <laughs> it's just the case of where it's going because they've already announced all these quality TV shows that are coming but they haven't announced what's tell the truth you just want to have something I just want to see if Hellblazer's coming back <laughs> well this is the thing this is what's weird about it so I think a DC Universe would sell well worldwide yeah but yet they're putting all of Titans on Netflix that model worries me in that we have no plans next year or two. We're just but that could be a case That of... model worries me in a general sense because I'm not paying for a Disney streaming channel and a DC streaming DC channel and Netflix, and Netflix because suddenly Prime. you're paying more than you were yeah. paying for TV in the first place. But yeah. this is the thing. I could see this being a gimmick. Season one, Netflix. Everybody can watch it. You want season two? Yeah, you come on the hours. Streaming service, dickhead. I, I can see where you're going with that yeah in fairness it's like here's a wee teaser <laughs> but if you want the rest come on yeah uh, another comic book we've talked about Jason Aaron I'm really looking forward to the Conan stuff uh, Conan the Barbarian Savage Story of Conan uh, Jason Aaron's proven himself to be a a writer of uh, uh, Thor and Thor-like things and there's a bit of a connection there to the Barbarian side of things I think Conan's just going to be really gutsy, really, yeah. uh, really looking forward to that. Physically gutsy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah. could you have a crossover between Conan and Thor? Do you think? I don't think you'd need it. I that would be good, though. Yeah, it would be. You could, but I don't know. You need. It's it. really interesting to bring up Conan just because of a guy who's in the store today. So a guy came in. Was, was Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, it's better than that. Oh. Um, Did so, he say what is best in life? <laughs> a guy came into the store today and he picked up a. Hulk um, comic but it was based on like the Hulk animated TV show and he's like do you have any more of this and I said no is it for a younger reader and he said yeah and I said look I've got a couple of perfect things over here follow here's Conan no but so I showed him um, I, I came across this line recently of Spider-Man comics it was part of MarvelKids.com yeah, yeah that's right so he picked up one of those and he's like oh well what about DC I was like well here's Teen Titans Go here is a Scooby-Doo team up with Batman. He's like, oh my, oh, these are all perfect. Thank you so much. And I said, do you have any posters? So I lifted up the posters that were underneath and I had like um, Ironheart, I had Avengers and I was like, I have this Conan one but it's probably not so long. I was like, well, no, his name's Conan. His son is oh, called Conan. Okay. And I was like, well, let's have a look at the poster then. Opened it up and it wasn't too bloody an image. It was like, 
tiny little bit of red at the bottom. That was it. Yeah. And I and he's like, oh yes, definitely much for the poster. And I just went, there you go. Job done. Yeah. You know, comic comic spider sent us for free. There you go. He's like, you sure? Oh my god, that's amazing. But it was just more the interest that a guy had named his kid Conan, and he was only six. Yep. And I said to him, did you name it after uh, Conan the Barbarian? He said, no, Conan it's O'Brien. an old Irish mythology. That was my second. <laughs> I said, I just hope you haven't named him after Conan O'Brien. What's wrong with Conan O'Brien? It was to do with, I wouldn't even get after him. Fair enough. Uh, he was said it was to do with Irish mythology. He was a sidekick to someone in Irish mythology. I'm not too sure. But uh, it was just really cool. I thought that um, the guy named his kid Conan... <clears throat> I'm not named it after Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I thought was interesting. But uh, yeah, he left happy with the poster. Always a good thing. Conan McMorna. Sidekick to who? Remember the Fianna, uh, the Irish mythology, portrayed as a troublemaker and a comic figure, fat, greedy, and blustering. Maybe this kid was really fat. Uh, I was addicted about where Cahon. Oh, there you go. It was uh, an ally of Finn McKill. Finn McKill, that was yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was cool, but when I showed him the Conan poster, his face just lit up. I thought it was really cool. Was that the Was that the lad in Hellboy 2? Of Giants Causeway? Possibly. We have to get the end from. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what category, else? worst comic Latin. I'm going to go. Yeah, looking forward to next year. I mean, yeah. Uh, swords and sorcery can't grow on Conan yeah. I thought when you said just now and you were going to say War of the Realms I'm looking forward to War of the Realms forward to. Uh, yeah. they're starting the advertising early for that looks obviously. like a crossover between Thor and the Avengers both which are Jason uh, Iron yeah. books but even the latest Thor had that little War yeah. of Realms yeah. it's coming Thor Thor and uh, She-Hulk curtain and War of the Realms is coming yeah yeah. Uh, and it was uh, there was a lovely uh, picture of War of the Realms which had Captain America riding on a Pegasus. Yes. You so I'm wrong that kind of imagery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite the Trinity riding on a Joker dragon, but, you know. Well, yeah, that remains to be seen. They can try. They can try. We'll see what happens. We'll see how um, Something I'm looking forward to, more Martian Manhunter. Yeah, that first, first issue, issue was great. was incredible. Uh, was, was, have you read it? Not yet, but I'm... Yeah. It's so good. It, we'll not throw spoilers It's not what there. I expected, but it's great. It's I'm so say, different. I'm just cop movie. Yeah. It's think flawed cop. I was going to say all of these cops flawed, are corrupt, so we're Just think like flawed space cop, and who's green? Totally different to the rest of the these. Green Lantern. Not the <laughs> green. Just think, just think, totally different to the rest of the DC line. It is, it is awesome. I'm really looking edition. forward to get more of it. It's very good. And more Shazam. As well. I'm looking forward to Shazam movie. Shazam mm-hmm. movie. We'll throw that out there. Definitely. I mean. Shazam movie is an interesting one because it's a collaboration between DC slash Warner Brothers and New Line, oh, really? and it's supposed to not be related to the rest of the DC universe. Supposedly it is three But when we watched the trailer, there was like newspaper clippings of the Man of Steel and the yeah. kid had a bat around yeah. and all this kind He's of wearing stuff. Wearing like a Aquaman t-shirt. So well. Shazam, Shazam has a hard act to follow now because I don't think when they started making that they thought they would have to follow up Aquaman. Yeah. And Aquaman I, it's, it's kind of interesting I'm really looking forward to Aquaman I have been looking forward to Aquaman because it feels core to me Yeah. Uh, but you see Shazam and the Joker I'm just intrigued by it. Yeah. just because of the I, presence I of Joaquin Phoenix I didn't see a trailer I'm just intrigued by Joaquin Phoenix well yeah he's a great actor you know? weren't yeah. an actor I don't think he would have like attached himself 
like Scorsese's producing. Yeah. You know, there's talent there. Is it a story that needs told? I'm not so sure. Killinger. But if these guys have an interesting take, it seems like they're just doing Killinger with Obama. It looks like a twenty million dollar movie that they've went. You know what? Go nuts. Yeah. Do what you want. You know what I mean? I but am see. No, I'm looking uh, forward to Shazam because it just it just seems like fun. If they if the Shazam movie is similar in tone to Shazam issue one that just dropped, perfect. Really cool, goofy, fun, family orientated. Like the whole issue is all about like you know a kid becoming a superhero. He's just like, oh, what do I do? Yeah, you know, I mean, if it has the, that joy, it's the case of anybody could be this person. Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, I would highly recommend you read uh, Jeff Smith's uh, Shazam. Um, on the monster side versus the monster side like of the U52 Shazam is out of this world well this is this was totally separate Jeff Smith was the guy who was the creator of Bone uh, one of the single best uh, comics of all time uh, without a doubt the cross that might be the fill in the classical yeah. mixture uh, cross <laughs> between maps. described accurately as a cross between Lord of the Rings and Bugs Bunny uh, fantastic but, but he did a he did a great again it was square bound uh, book yeah. it was Shazam it was fantastic yes man Shazam great um, I'm looking forward to what Oblivion song yeah. is coming every issue I'm like Jesus what is happening next and I just think that's gonna that, that book is gonna power through 2019 yeah well to jump on that idea I'm looking forward to what Robert Kirkman comes up with yeah. next <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. Part, part of the Robert Kirkman comes up with next I'm afraid yeah, <laughs> because of Walking Dead, I feel like it is coming to an end. It has to because again we spoke about it earlier. But what's the ultimate end? I mean, the Commonwealth is what fifty thousand plus strong. They have cinemas, they have theater, they have restaurants. They have like, a problem. It's just a case of Rick needs to either step up and take over, or he's going to die. Just well, just I mean, remember not to throw so don't don't throw too many. You know, no. so the last the last. The end of the last train, like I think the new train is due very, very shortly after Christmas. Um, and you're you have to say, I mean, I've been collecting this in trade. I don't want to start collecting in singles because I have thirty trades. Uh, but what we should do is when you're picking up your pull list, I'll just be like, here's Karen's copy, just read it. Yeah, just read it. Yeah, that, that would suit me fine. Perfect. You you know that? We're cool. We We're have good. it on vo- we have yeah. it on recording. He doesn't say anything, he just nodded. <laughs> no seriously if you want to do that it's, uh, go on ahead so the last I read was uh, sort of the Commonwealth story yeah. Michonne reunited with her Michonne reunited and, but the issue was that uh, they'd come to meet Rick and Rick had come to meet them he had realised that they were classist mm. they're clearly all uh, oh you were a lawyer before the they're clearly all US Republicans yeah, uh, were you know yeah and he's like whoa whoa whoa, whoa that does not work uh. because all these people have been through a thing and if you're saying that society I think, I think the issue is that Rick has Rick in the back of his head without even realising it has realised that his goal is to build a better society not the same society Yeah, yeah. That, and that's a comment on how broken our society is you know what I mean the, you, you, through racism and which is gone now in more or less The Walking Dead you know you, you can't hate someone for their religion or their race because you got a fuckload more to worry about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So these people are going back into those same, the those same, same rhythms, yeah. you know, and Rick, I don't think that's ever what Rick has wanted and I don't think he's ever vocalised or realised that before because he's been too busy surviving. Yeah. Uh, but, but, sort of but now he's got yeah. the space so, to think about yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's, yeah. you know, I think it's great whenever a, a book 
that is about 180 you know, well, you know well I guess it, it's yeah. it's that deep in but a book that is quintessentially about you know a zombie apocalypse yeah. can suddenly become relevant to our society yeah you know what I mean that yeah just the skill in the writing that's a, it's about the lack of upward mobility you know within society yeah. and yeah, yeah. So yeah, Kirk, Oblivion song specifically, Kirkman general. Kirkman in general, just an exciting talent to watch. Another thing I'll throw out, we mentioned earlier in the podcast because the first episode dropped, but I really can't wait to see Deadly Class live action. Yeah. Like hopes are high. I can't wait to catch up with Deadly Class this year. The thing is, I there there's a part of me that you know I'll I'll admit it's a bit of a comic snob, and the trades and the comics are so goddamn good. But I want the show to be better. I, I yeah. want them to improve upon that. And I hope they do. They might not. We'll see. But I'm not the kind of person that goes in these kind of things going, the comic's so good, this is not going to be as good. I want it to be good. Yeah. I want it to be brilliant. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. Um, I, um, I'm really looking forward to that adaptation, I have to say. Far From Home, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Loved Homecoming. Loved it. Why? Because Homecoming's one of the best MCU movies, really. Yeah, you, oh, it's you a great movie. It's in the bottom. It's in the bottom seven, right? Sorry, you hate your Iron Man. It's okay. It's an Iron Man movie. That's okay. You hate your Iron Man. It, anybody could have been in that spider suit, but just think, Peter far Parker from, should be special. Far from not home. here's a suit that will do everything. Far from home is going to be post and end game. I understand Infinity War too. I will agree with you that I'm looking forward to it because I like Tom Holland in the role, but I. Again, I'll probably be ganged up on this, but I don't like Homecoming as a movie. I just, it could have been anybody in that Spider Suit, it wouldn't have made a difference. The only time it felt like Spider Man to me, and again, I have limited knowledge, I will wholeheartedly admit, the only time that felt like Spider Man was at the end when he made the choice of, I don't want that suit, I have to earn it. That was the only time he felt like Spider Man to me. But it's, it's, it's my top three. Again, limited knowledge, movies. top three movies, Spider-Man for life. I don't know. Spider-Man for life. <laughs> that, should, that should be a title of a Spider-Man arc. Spider-Man for life. That's what, uh, that's what they should have called like, issue 800. That should be the follow-up of Spider-Man yep. No More. Is Spider-Man for life. Yep. So yeah. for me, I guess the big one that I'm looking forward to is... And we've been referring to it all the way through the podcast, so I think it's it's fair for me to write. Just up. like Dark? Oh same. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking forward to the trade. I'm just oh, like yeah. <laughs> trade. I'm looking forward to that trade because you I'm looking been... forward to see how they're gonna do the trade. Yeah, with I'm looking forward to uh to Marvel turning that corner. Just completing that turn and uh I, I just as we've said earlier on, I think they're moving in the right direction. Uh I hope I hope DC stay where they where they are, mm-hmm. but I'm really I mean I'm a perfect faith that Marvel are gonna are gonna be up What's there and and how they do that whether that's by by shedding a bit of fat and and pinning down some great creators as they're doing yeah keeping on the trajectory they're on not having another reboot getting rid of this fucking love for relaunching number ones every ten minutes. I mean, do number ones every so often for original titles. But, but you don't need to be relaunching 50 books every month. Don't, yeah. don't put mean. Avengers back to number one just for the sake of putting Avengers Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's called Avengers No Road. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but it's, don't do it again after that. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because the last previews podcast we did, I had to admit that the previews book was more exciting for yeah, Marvel than DC. Was, yeah. 
I agree. And I I almost struggled for fat. And there, I mean, there's a part of me. The reason I struggled was because I always tried to introduce new titles to people. And DC had so many strong ongoing titles, but Marvel I saw more interesting jumping on points. Yeah. Or yeah. number ones, or you know whatever. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm really curious to see the next previews book. I mean, I say that. I say that meaning that, that that I hope. Therefore, on average, the entire, because I mean, I ch- I chose Image as my favorite publisher. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the stuff they're putting out is fantastic. It's so varied. Uh, I'm loving a lot of what DC's doing. You know, I you'd have to be blind not to acknowledge that there's a wee bit of catching up to do. But the, but therefore, I just hope the entire industry, you know, by Marvel catching up, the entire industry improves. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it stays in a height. That's it. I mean, demonstrates I, the quality that that is there. You know. I suppose the main thing I would just look forward to in twenty nineteen, as bad as it sounds, is more of the same. Like the quality in twenty eighteen has been so high. We've, you know, we've thought about each individual category. And had three, four, five, six, seven answers for every time. Mm-hmm. We've had lists of what's been great this year. I think the industry, in terms of talent, has never been healthier. In terms of writers, in terms of artists, in terms of variety, and you know, in terms of having a strong indie lineup, whether it's just Image, but also Dark Horse, Dynamite, Valium, Aftershock, etc., etc. As Roddy mentioned earlier on a new comics imprint rising with TKO. Um, I like to think the industry's never been stronger. So, in a sense, I hope for more of the same. Yeah. Well, as they say in Thailand, same, same, but different. <laughs> Spot the man who's been to Thailand the last few months. <laughs> what, what, what did you ask for that they said same, same, but different? Well, it's not, it's, it's, it's whenever you're, McDonald's. it's whenever you're, you're looking at uh, street food stalls and everybody eats and you're not quite sure exactly what it is. Yeah. But you maybe want it with a wee bit more of something. A wee, a wee something, something. Yeah, yeah. So you want the same, but different. Same, same. <laughs> same, but different. Same, same, but different. So you want the same quality, but... Different. Different stories. Different stories, yeah. Same, same, same but that, that's, that's a fair way of putting it. I want the quality output to be higher than it's ever been. But, I mean, I love the amount of articles you see on a daily basis. It's comic book creators talking. I love their presence on social media. I, I love the fact they get back to you when you tweet them. Yeah, no, no, still not happening. Jim's sitting in the forest, still gonna just do gone. It's alright. We still love you, Karen. We but we're talking about tweeting, we're not talking about sitting outside his house. Oh, <laughs> I misunderstood that. <clears throat> Anything else to throw in for looking forward to next year? Just what new stories are going to come out of Like, there's been such great titles that came out 2019 that we didn't know, or 2018 that we didn't know about in 2017. Yeah. Just to see what. More originality. Yeah. See what book Tom King's going to be given after yeah. Batman. It's a fantastic if medium for originality this year. I don't think, think it will be because he's still got. No, but this thing, it'll be close to the, the end of Batman. Yeah. So I feel like if he's going to be moving on to something big. Is that what TKO is? Tom King's originals. Ooh. Oh shit, Ooh, son! <laughs> I think you find something out there. That's it. That's right. one. Well, we're going to move on eight hours after we start recording to wow. the final category of the night. <clears throat> Kieran starts working five hours. Uh, Keith starts work whenever he wants. I open the store in seven hours. We're at the last title. Here we are. Final we started with six. We ended with three. 
So here it is. It's the equivalent of the best picture Oscar, best title of the year. Batman. <laughs> really? Batman's best. It's quality after quality. There was no downpoints about it. I was not expecting that. I don't. I I didn't know what to pick as the best. But, but I love that. I love that guttural instinct of I said it and you went. It's my go-to title. Batman was. That was me punching my hand, by the way. I just got punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Batman was the one thing throughout the whole year that this that every every other Wednesday I went fuck the Batman's out. Yeah. This is it. I'm gonna read it. Most like the most of the time Batman's come out, I've either got a base come out, went home and read it, or read it in shop. Yeah. I've never wanted to miss an issue of Batman because Tom King is such a good writer on Batman that it is amazing all the way through. Boom, done. Agreed. Done. Yep. Keith? Uh, no, for me Keith agreed with Batman, that's it. No, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, so this was let me see I had nineteen titles that I was choosing between. No, so I don't know nineteen titles. It could be Avengers uh, Surrender, it <laughs> could be Extermination. It could be the Immortal Hulk. I mean Captain America was strong. Punisher War Machine was okay. <laughs> He's also regarded me as a Spider Man and Venom. Which were also really strong. Good point. Well, so, yeah. so how does that title uh, of the year for Keith? And obviously Thor, Mighty Thor, great stuff. Title of the year for me is Invincible. Invincible. Uh, Invincible finished this year after a 144 issue run over 12 five years. years. Five, five and a half years. Uh, back to back. It's, uh, and it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a love letter to the superhero genre. Uh, Did it, would you argue that it started out as a parody of the superhero no, genre no, I don't but think, ended as a love letter no, I, I, I don't no, know I haven't read it no I don't think that it's, I think that what? I uh, no I don't it was never a pastiche it was never a parody it was mm-hmm. always uh, it was always respectful of the, the genre while uh, testing the limits of it mm-hmm. uh, and addressing the 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 tropes of it, yeah, uh, and and testing those tropes and shaking them on, turning them upside down, and and still being quintessentially, it was, it was uh, Superman, it was Spider Man, it was uh, the X Men, it was the Avengers, you know, it was Batman, it was the Teen Titans, it was someone who has a very very complete knowledge of the the superhero genre and what what is good about those things and what is bad about those things mm-hmm. uh, and it was great it was great from the moment from the first moment where mm-hmm. where this guy who we didn't know called Mark Grayson was sitting on the sofa uh, his mum was making dinner behind him asking where dad was and uh, Mark sitting watching the TV went oh he's in China and he looks at the TV and there's uh, there's a Superman uh, you know that that, that Superman archetype who was Omni-Man mm-hmm. uh, fighting uh, f- the equivalent of Fin Fang Foom on the TV and Mark going oh he's in China I'm sure oh be there's that yeah there's that he'll be home in five minutes I'm sure <laughs> and then his dad comes through the Hopefully door Hopefully brings curry you know his, <laughs> his dad comes through the door and it's just like they sit down and have dinner and it's clear then from that moment that, uh, that Mark is the son of this word Superman, this word Omni Man, who is uh, Voltramite, and in the first issue, 
you know, his father explains to him what Bultramites are. They're from an alien world. They're, you know, but they're peaceful people and such and such and this and that and the other. And he came to Earth and fell in as a scout and fell in love with this woman. And then Mark was the, the product of their union. And uh, and Mark expects, of course, to have superpowers very, very shortly. And then he's, he's working at McDonald's or the equivalent of McDonald's. And then when he's, he's, he's beaten down and he's taking the, taking the rubbish out and he... He goes to fling the rubbish bag into the bin and it goes into the orbit and he just goes, yes. <laughs> you know, time has got uh, set. <laughs> you know, and then to the moment where, you know, his dad takes him to the guy who makes his costumes and he makes Mark a costume and he becomes invincible and that costume changes throughout, you know, right through meeting Alan the alien who is a representative of the Galactic Federation equivalent and, you know, everything that's going out and, and the, the twists and turns and the, the absolute, uh, cliffhangers and it, the fact that after 12 issues in typical Kirkman style it is not what you expect it to be and we find out the truth about his dad and the truth about the Voltramites you know right through until 144 issues 12 years later when Mark gives the same speech to his son that his dad dad gave to him but same same but different <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was so class. That's a master storyteller. He didn't even have Invincible written down. He just picked <laughs> <into the> <laughs> and, and I'll not tell you. I'll not tell you why it's the same or why it's different. But because uh, I don't want to. But you just need to read Invincible if you if you love comic books for superheroes, then you need to read Invincible. There's no there's no way around it. There's no talking around it. You just need to read Invincible. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, get, let's get everything in it that you want and let's get everything in it that you need and it's everything in it that you'll recognise but it's still perfectly original it'll still surprise you it's a thing of beauty and it's a thing of beauty to have as Image do those massive compendiums of 48 issues Yeah, uh, I've got three of them on my shelf that tell the whole Invincible story and I'm really looking forward to getting back into them again now that the story's finished when, when did you jump into Invincible in single issue form? Uh, I read all of Invincible digitally mm-hmm. uh, up until the time that I started coming into the shop. Um, I was still reading it digitally. Yeah. And then I got the last six issues. Just pure curiosity, simple, because I remember you coming in even to get the last issue. And anytime Keith comes in, it's always a pretty big panel. I usually sort of put it out, like dealing cards one by one. And I was like, last issue of Invincible. Yeah. I remember even saying it, and big smile appeared on his face. And he was like, can't wait to tuck into that. I mean, any long form series like that is only as good as it's ending. Yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, yeah. if it sticks to landing, it's so satisfying. It's it's a thing of beauty. It's it's a really really great. You you just you come to the, the just I just read it just read it. Yeah. You know, it's great. Well, it's first or last. <laughs> I, I, I he dropped I, me Secret Wars so he can throw in your companion pack. No, I'd love to read Invincible. I mean, my only exposure to. Invincible was in a crossover issue that we talked about recently. It was um, the Astonishing Wolfman. Uh huh. Yeah. And it was a couple of trades that another regular Jay had lent me, and Invincible actually like pops up in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, did Kirkman do an extended universe beyond that? Yes, he does. Uh, Astonishing Wolfman is part of the Invincible universe. Yeah. Uh, it's part of the Super Dinosaur universe. Super Dinosaur, yes. Because I came across issues in that mm-hmm. shop the other day. Uh, Tech Jacket is part of the universe. Uh, Tech Jacket, yeah. There's an Avengers 
JLA equivalent called Guardians of the Globe. Guardians of the Globe, um, who feature uh, there's a variety of different. You'll you'll recognize all the characters in it because mm-hmm. in some cases in a lot of cases they're analogs of characters you know. Yeah. But there's a twist on them, or there's you know, and you're comfortable with them, uh, and you you expect certain things from them. And then Kirkman goes, are you expected that? That's what I thought. You thought it was going this way? Uh-huh. No, I don't think so. So, so yeah, there's an extended universe and there was a, there was a book that was released called Invincible Universe uh, for that exact reason. Um, yeah. Would you read through all of Universe as well? Yeah, that, that was a very short run book. But yeah, that's all part of the, the compendiums. Oh, okay. Uh, so that, that's, that's a complete... Nicely put book. together. Yeah. Uh, it includes a limited series... Uh, which was uh, Adam Eve and Rexplode, mm-hmm. um, who are the equivalent of kind of Marvel Girl and kind of Gambit. You know, uh, they're part of a group that Invincible joins, very a youthful group that invent a Teen Titans, uh, Titans type group that Invincible joins very early on, uh, and as you know, so he goes through this whole process of leveling up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. Excellent. So, title of the year for Keith was Invincible, uh, a title that neither Kieran and I have read, but I have a feeling we'll be talking about it on next year's podcast <laughs> as the classic we've never read before, given our both mutual love for Kirkman. I would give it that classic title now, and it's only been finished since since March. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to any oh. sort of indie comic series. It, it needs to finish well, and it's one of my... Great Loves is Why the Last Man and it ends fantastically well. well. I'm looking forward to um, how that goes. It's the kind of thing where if it didn't end well it would leave a bit of a mm. the journey was better than the destination but by the sound of Invincible had it all. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll look And again to... that, that gives me faith that whatever Krugman does he is yeah. handed out ahead of time. He knows how Walking Dead is going to end. He knows how Oblivion Song is going to end. Do you think we should organise like a trip to America and just like hold him a gunpoint and just like why did it end? Just tell us, yeah. or we could, or we could take him out for a pint. Good. How does it end then, Mister Kirkman? <laughs> Another drink. <laughs> Whiskey's your tipple uh, of choice, isn't it? <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, that brings it down to the very last part, which is my own personal title of the year. I'm not even going to talk about it for long because we've talked about it several times throughout this podcast. It has to be Doomsday Clock for me. Yeah. Um, nice. It, it it can't be anything else. It, there's no other comic book this year. As much of a Batman fan as I am, as much of an image fan I am, there's no title that I pick up this year. When when I open those diamond, you know, boxes, you know, I open them up with my batarang. Cheers, Keith. No problem. Uh, my uh, essentially my you know box, from Thailand. All the way from Thailand. Same, same different. It's essentially my box cutter. They're modeled after the uh, the Batman Begins batarangs. And as soon as I open that box, if I see Doomsday Clock, I literally just go, oh, awesome. And I lift it up. Oh, it's been two months. Card stock, beautiful artwork, amazing cover. I look at it every time and just go, oh, so special. I mean, I'm going to throw, I mean, we've talked about it enough at this point, but I'll throw in one little thing that we noticed in the cover. So, and again, it shows the level of detail in this. The cover for issue seven, very yeah. So, issue 7's variant is Rorschach, um, beating, up Rorschach the Joker, beating the Joker, right? 
So what you see is like the flailing hands of the Joker, Rorschach on top, playing cards flying. And just in the background, there's like a tall building. And at the top of it, there's a clock. And Kieran sent me a picture of it. I was like, did you notice the extra detail? And I went, yeah, if you look at the clock, it's a couple of minutes to midnight, like the doomsday clock. And he went, no, I meant Batman standing on top of it. <laughs> and we both noticed different things in the same cover. So he's like, you were looking too hard. It was a, but the thing is, once he pointed out Batman, I was like, See, it, did, it, just, on it just looked like a wee point on top of the clock, but there was a wee bit of a cape coming off it. If you looked at it, it's, it's, it's blatantly Batman. Yeah. But I even love, I even love the idea of that cover of Batman just watching Rorschach like, just fucking get him, get him, on. just keep yeah. punching him. No, Badger Batman being like, I can't kill people, but you can. Yeah. <laughs> Leaves a gun sitting beside him. <laughs> he throws a gun. Oops! It's not me using it. Throws a gun. Oops! Like drops a magazine for it. Oh no! Uh, butterfingers. Butterfingers, Batman. But yeah, I, I, I can't look past Doomsday Clock. It both yeah. kills me, and I love it that you got to wait two months, but it's worth it every single time. It's our second highest pull in the store of any title after Kieran. Um, <laughs> apart from Kieran, of course. Sure. Um, in fact, you know what? It's actually our biggest pull in the store because if I include the variant covers as well, it is the biggest pull in the store because there are certain people that only collect the variants. There are people such as Kieran who collect A and B for every issue. Yeah, it's the biggest pull in the store, and, and I think justifiably so. Um, just it yeah. just feels like an event. It is. Every it's time. It's a fucking very long event. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an event in slow motion. It is. Twi- yeah, it's like an event that's going like, to, like half the speed. <laughs> I should say at this point it's 20 past 3 in the morning. So, you know, Kieran's just like, an event? This feels even longer. <laughs> <coughs> so, yeah, there it is. So, we come to title of the year for Kieran was... What was it? Batman? Batman. <laughs> it, was for Kieran, it was Batman. It was almost walking dead. For Keith, it was Invincible. Invincible. And for myself, it was Doomsday Clock. So, yeah, that's going to bring it to an end. Uh, nice. We started with six. We ended with three. Two and a half. We ended with three at three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have to say, it's been a pleasure geeking out. There's and, uh, a whiskey in the hand. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, gents. And indeed. And 2018 awesome year for comics yeah. really hope 2019 is just as good so we're going to sign it off there your host as always Alan Kieran and Keith and we will see you lovely people in 2019 mm-hmm.